Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. All right, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. The Xbox Two is now live. Finally, on the day we're actually supposed to do the podcast for a change here. It seems like it's been two months since we've actually done it on the day we're supposed to do it. Yeah, you say you say it's Thursday, so you know what it means. Half the time we miss Thursday. That's right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, as you file in, hit that like button. We you know share out the link to the podcast. So we can get more people in here because we have a lot of news to talk about. I'm one of your hosts of the podcast, Randall Thor 19. And with me as always, the one and only Jez Corden, who just got finished watching the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer, which I had to beg him to watch, by the way. <laughs> you didn't have to beg me. I was like, come on, Jez, we're starting the podcast in 10 minutes. Would you please watch the po- or watch the uh watch the the trailer because we're going to talk about it in the show and you're like do i have to i'm playing world of warcraft (laughs) uh you'll be the death of me i will be i will be so what's going on buddy well how have you been not bad playing world of warcraft you no (laughs) um playing games uh, finished finished games comp prep completely now my calendar is rammed with uh meetings and stuff like that I'm going to see Cyberpunk, man. I'm going to see Cyberpunk. I'm so jealous. Well, we can talk. When you come back from Gamescom, we can definitely have a discussion about Cyberpunk because I've heard, because uh, Maka got to see it, so he told me all about it. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple other people that went to E3 Apparently t- talked to me build, about it. A different build. Well, yeah, but people Maybe. were saying, like, dude, there's like nothing like it. Like, it is amazing. You know, so I can't wait to hear your thoughts on you know, that new trailer and everything else that's going on at Gamescom. Like, um, you think there's going to be a lot of big news? You think there's going to be a lot of big news? Uh, I don't know, man. The thing is, I thought that about E3 purely because of the way they handled the, the press stuff beforehand. And I thought, oh, this is different from previous years. That probably means there's not going to be as much stuff. However, I was completely wrong <laughs> about it because of that. So the same thing's happening with Gamescom. There doesn't seem to be many much stuff for press, but that apparently doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to make big announcements. I think they're just like, they're bypassing press a bit more now, which, you know, makes sense. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Could be big, could be pretty low-key. I think they will be making some some announcements. I know right. there's like there's a couple of game announcements that I'm I'm looking forward to, um, that I'm not allowed to talk about. They're mm-hmm. not. I don't think they're they're huge games everyone else will care about. But you know, I got weird taste, Rand. I know you my, do. One of my favorite PC games is coming to Xbox. I'm not allowed to say which. Ooh, is it? Is it? What was that game you were just playing? Um, not World of Warcraft. Not World of Warcraft. The other one. Uh... It was like a um, Frostpunk game or something, or oh, that uh, no, it isn't that. But, okay, 
That'd be a pretty good fit for Xbox eventually as well. Well, we have a lot of topics to talk about. I figure I'd run down some of them to give you guys a taste of what you can expect. So obviously, we're gonna definitely going to be talking about the rumor going around that Xbox might be buying Obsidian as a letter of intent has been you know, seen in the wild. So that will be a topic of discussion. Um, also, IGN. <laughs> oh boy, what a week for IGN. They got caught stealing a review from a YouTuber. And me and Jeff have some thoughts about that because we both review games and Jez has had some of his news articles as well as, you know, his reviews been stolen by other people. So it's going to be interesting talk. We're also going to be talking about Fallout 76 skipping Steam and while this and 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 why Jez thinks this is just what'd you say to me? The beginning of the end for Steam or something along those lines? <laughs> I wouldn't say it was the beginning of the end, but this I've been talking about this for a while. Steam's Steam's reign of dominance could be coming to an end. Right. We're also gonna be talking about the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. I actually got Jez to watch it so we can uh, you know, go into everything about the game. Uh there's a new PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, that we're going to talk about. And Cuphead hits a insane milestone, uh, which is pretty good. And uh, yeah, we're going to get going on the topics. But first, as always, we got to do what we've been playing, because that's the important part of a games thing. And I already know what Jez has been playing, because he sent me pictures of it on Twitter. <sighs> Jez, World of Warcraft, right? Let's move on. World of Warcraft it is. Yay, World of Warcraft, yay! Yeah, pretty much. I've been playing a bit of that here and there. And, uh, you you sent me a DM saying that they that that they actually made like the horde and the alliance hate each other again or something. Well, they kind of do this every couple of expansions. They have like an expansion that focuses on the war between the horde and alliance, and then they have an expansion that focuses on something, you know, an existential threat that could threaten everything else, and the horde and alliance have to work together. So it's sort of pivoted back to the war against players, but. It's really funny because they've got all the... I'm not going to talk about it too much because I know like a lot of people listening to this podcast probably aren't interested, but it's just cool the way like this game's almost 14 years old and they've managed... They've g- generated a lot of controversy in the story and they've gotten players talking about it again. Like, trade chatting game is just full of people arguing about the story now, which is really funny. Like, they've done a really good job of like promoting the game through this controversy in the story. So I'm pretty excited for the expansion. It comes out on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be playing it. Obviously, I don't know if I'm going to try and review it because it's just how do you review a game with thousands of hours of gameplay? It's just, it's just. I mean, easily you just copy it from somebody else. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. But um, yeah, it's a big game. You know, pretty big. It's it's more like a hobby than a game at this point. I think it's just nice to log on, grind out. You know, empty my brain. As I say, you know. But that isn't all I've been playing around. You mean it's more like a lifestyle? Honestly, in some ways, yeah, it kind of is. Mm. So is that it? Is that all you've been playing? (sighs) This week, uh, pretty much. I jumped on um, No Man's Sky a bit here and there as well. They um, they nerfed, in No Man's Sky, they nerfed um, a big economic... economy exploit where like you could buy materials for something really cheap and craft something that's sold for really expensive so it's been getting quite a few optimization patches as well on xbox it's good to see the the uh you know speed 
with updates there on Xbox. And also, I jumped back on uh, State of Decay 2 earlier to test out patch 3.0, which just dropped. So now, like, they're on version 3.0, and they've uh, updated again, wiping out some of the last few annoying bugs and adding adding some, like, features that people have been requesting since day one, like weapon sorting in the locker and, and stuff like that. Uh, the, patch, the patch was huge, and the patch notes are up on Windows Central if you want to go, if you're still interested and want to go into detail, so... They're still supporting that game, and I suppose why wouldn't they know their first-party studio? But, um... One of my, I think there's going to be, um, there is going to be some information about State of Decay at Gamescom, at least. They they did say previously there was going to be a bunch of DLC drops, and I think uh, they're going to talk more about that at uh, Gamescom, so it'd be interesting to see if it's like, because the Independence Pack was kind of small, I thought, like there wasn't that much in it, and um, I'm interested to see if the next update's going to be bigger, kind of like with how see if the first update was pretty small and then the next update was bigger. Uh, I'm still in, I'm still enjoying that game here and there. But I'm pretty much just waiting for the next big thing, Rand. What do you think is the next big thing, Jez? Like, what is the next thing on your radar? Well, without having a release calendar in front of me, it's hard to say, but... I mean, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but that Red Dead trailer was pretty, pretty spicy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so if if you had to pick a game that you're most excited to play for the fall, would that one be the most anticipated for you? Well, yeah, probably. Even like over something like Ashen, which... Does, is Ashen even coming out this year? I feel like Ashen, they said 2018, but they... I mean, yes. we're getting pretty close to the end of the year. Everybody has their release dates, and they've yet uh, to give a release date for it. They said they said to me with with Ashen. They said to me in an interview that um, their plan is 2018 for finishing the game. But um, they might let it slip to 2019. Well, they implied to me they might let it slip to 2019 for strategic reasons. <laughs> so it might it might be 2019 just to get away from you know some of the heavy hitters because you know it's a. It's an indie game, but it's like a big indie game that sort of, sort of shares a genre with some of the big, heavy AAA games, like its open-world RPG and stuff like that. I can understand if they let it slip to uh, avoid some of that. Right. My yeah, most anticipated is Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Even Spider-Man. before Red Dead. Yes. Well, here's the thing. So Red Dead, for me... If we're like thinking about all the games that are coming out this holiday, and I, I, I had talked about this in a party with my friends, by by far the number one for me, Spider Man. Like I am so excited to play that game because it. You got to understand, okay? I love Batman, right? And Rocksteady did such an amazing job with that game that when I look at this new Spider Man, I see shades of Batman, and I I see Insomniac doing for Spider Man what. Rocksteady was able to do for Batman. A legit. Hey, that's that's where me and you will disagree. Really? I thought Arkham Knight was really bland. Okay, but there's also two previous Batman games before that: Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I know. I know people are a little like there's a divisive opinion surrounding Arkham Knight, especially because of the Bat Tank. You know, people didn't really like it. Some people, re- some people loved it. I was indifferent to it, right? But 
I still feel like the combat is the best it's ever been in a superhero. It's like it's, it's got like the best melee combat in a game, and I definitely see the similarities to uh, Spider Man. So I feel like we're actually going to get because I'm a big Spider Man fan as well, and most of the Spider Man games have been mediocre. Some of them have been have been okay, but most of them have either been very mediocre or just you know plain out bad. And there hasn't really um, what you said there about Rocksteady sort of. I mean, I didn't like Arkham Knight very much, and I'm a huge Batman fan. I really enjoyed the first one, I enjoyed the second one less, and I enjoyed the third one less. And I never played the, what was it, Origins? I never played that. But I've heard that was pretty good, actually, but I never played it. Um, <clears throat> but regardless of how I feel about the games, in comparison to other games in the genre, they definitely elevated the idea of what a, a licensed superhero game exactly could be. because before like it was just a licensed movie game and they weren't very good but then it was like here's batman and it's like this can stand toe-to-toe with any other game that comes out and as a fan of spider-man i, I look at that and i'm like hey you could do that for that character but you need a great developer and you need a great publisher with the license and before it was activision and activision doesn't care about their games outside of the Blizzard games and outside of Call of Duty, you right, you know, they're all just licensed nonsense. So finally, here you go. Sony was able to get it. I don't know if they have the license. I don't know if they bought the license from Disney or whatever. Whatever the situation is behind it, I look at the Spider-Man game. I'm like, dude, this is this looks legit. This looks like what Rocksteady did for Batman, which is why I'm so excited for it, and that's why it's number one. And number two for me uh, would be Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I love. I, I really, I love the reboot, and I love Rise of the Tomb Raider. I guess Rise of the Tomb Raider was like my second favorite game from 2015. So even though Crystal Dynamics is no longer making this one, it's Idos Montreal. This one seems to have a more, uh, more of a stealth approach, which I appreciate considering where the fuck is my Splinter Cell game. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to pretend this is Splinter Cell. So I, I'm really looking forward to playing it. And then third would be Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, you know, like third, third yes. Third. But but think, but think about it, like above Battle Spider Man. Spider Man, I can get, but Rise of the Tomb Raider over Red Dead, I can't. I can't understand. That's just weird to me. You're I don't strange, know, man. It's, it's, I didn't even look, finish um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I actually, got I'm not forward. saying. <laughs> look, look. I'm not saying Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be a bad game. I'm there day one. I'm just saying if all these games released on the same day, I'm playing Spider-Man over all of them. And then I'll play, if I can only play two, I'm playing, I'm playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But the th- great thing is, is I can play all three of them. So I'll be done with Spider-Man, I'll be done with Tomb Raider, and then we'll have Red Dead Redemption 2. It feels like there's going to be... Well, I don't know. My priorities are slightly different, I guess. But it feels like there's going to be so much more to Red Dead than Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But, but like, just because... It okay, has fishing! True, true. I'll give you that. There's going to be more, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to want to do those things. I don't, t- I don't care one bit that I can play uh you know poker with my uh buddy criminals in the gang i don't care that i can go into the saloon and drink and and sing karaoke that doesn't matter to me i know there's more to do but a lot of those things are just time wasters what i'm interested in about red dead is the story just call fishing a time waste yes fishing is the biggest time waster of all i hate you i know you do 
But I'm just saying, like, yeah, Red Dead has everything because Rockstar can afford to give that game and all their games a budget that no other publisher can. And they can put all these little intricate details into their games. Do you want to play poker? You want to fish? You want to hunt? You want to do all these things in this absolutely huge world? It's like, do it. But then again, at the same time, sometimes I like a laser focused in my, you know, uh, my game. Sometimes I don't want to just be like, that's, that's like the, the fallout or some of the things I don't like about open world design. It's like, I like to, I like seeing how the story's progressing, but then you get sidetracked by all the different stuff in the world. Like, like the Ubisoft stuff where there's all these different markers everywhere and you kind of get, it's like, I just want to do this. So for me, while you can do a whole bunch in Red Dead, I'm not sure it's all going to be worth doing. Enough. You know, I know you want. I know you time. want fishing. I mean, look, it's it's going to be your game of the year because it's going to have fishing and Sea of Thieves didn't. Right? Mm, I don't know, man. I mean, it's going to have a job topping Monster Hunter. I think. Yeah, didn't Monster Hunter just release on PC? Because I, I I thought yes, I... Monster Hunter is just hit PC, and, and I saw uh, it was like got a new boss, new quests from Final Fantasy. Funnily enough, so yeah. that game is just something else for me. me- a lot of my me- it's because Monsanto has given me memories this year, like playing my brother and stuff like that, and like the way the way the combat works and interacts. Like stuff stuff has happened in Monsanto that is, I've just never experienced in a game. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be close, man. There's a few games this year that I've really, really enjoyed that I, I didn't even think. You know, Monster Hunter wasn't even really on my radar. I've never played a Monster Hunter game before, but I absolutely loved that game. And, you know, I still loved it. I haven't gone back to kill the new boss yet. But they're, they're adding, they've already announced they're going to add some more bosses, and that game's never going to end. It's going to go on forever. I saw it had over, like, 250,000 concurrent on Steam, which is pretty yeah. damn high. It was, like, the fourth highest high. Steam game uh, today or whatever. Capcom's biggest game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. So so since we're just doing this whole thing about anticipated games, what else are you looking forward to? Because for me, after Red Dead, it's getting kind of slim pickings after that because I'm not really that excited for much. Like, I'm okay. So after Red Dead, for me, it'd be Hitman 2. But even with Hitman 2, it's kind of like, eh, you know, eh, whatever, you know, but like. There's a lot lot of games on my radar and. But my problem is, I don't know off the top of my head when a lot of them are coming out. Well, you I don't mean, have I, to know when they're coming out. You just Metro Metro Exodus is really high that's, up on, on, that's on for me. That's that's February next year. Yeah. Um, Battlefield Five. I'm also very very excited for that. After playing the beta on PC, I thought it felt really good, um, and I love Battlefield, so I've got high hopes for that too. Um, I'm trying to think though, what else for this year? Uh, we have. Uh, Forza Horizon 4, which would be... Mm. So Forza Horizon 4 would be right after Red Dead Redemption for me and right before Hitman. I love Forza Horizon. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is also coming out in October, but I don't care about Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I don't really like the changes. I didn't care for Origins. Are you salty? You're just salty about... No, I'm not salty. I just... I don't care. I don't know. Like the, The Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins aren't Assassin's Creed's. They're they're, they're 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 something completely different. But either way, so there's those games. There's Black Ops Four, which I don't care about whatsoever. Battlefield Five, which 
you know, I'm going to play. I I like all the Battlefield games, but I'm not particularly excited for this one whatsoever. I don't know. I'm I'm over the whole World War One, World War Two stuff that we're, we w- suddenly went back into after I started really enjoying the futuristic aspect of some of their games. I don't know. Like I'm just, it's like, oh, we're back in World War One. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, we're back in World War Two. We're back what, in World what, War. How, II, how many like, times have we been in World War One? I've never played World really War, World War One. Okay, Battlefield One was cool because it was in World War One. But I mean, Call of Duty World War Two, and now we're in World War Two with Battlefield again. It's like I'm, I, I've done these games. I played these games. Yeah, you know? I, fair enough. Like after Call of Duty did it, it, it's starting to feel stale again. But oh, and also we had that Battalion game. What happened to that Battalion nineteen forty? I, I think it's out on PC in early access or something. Uh, um, then what else we got? Uh, November is like the Walking Dead game from Over uh, Overkill. Overkill's Walking Dead. From the um, people who made Payday, doesn't look very good. Um, also, we have Hitman Two and Fallout Seventy Six, and you know oh, what? Seventy Six is a show. I'm and quite excited. Thing, actually, here's the thing: you, and I know people are going to criticize me, and you know what? Some of them might even hit the dislike, you know, button. But I don't care about Fallout. I think Fallout is. Yeah. I think Fallout is. Uh, Am I going to regret saying this? Maybe I will. I think Fallout is mediocre as it comes. Whoa. Yes. I think <laughs> I think with, I think Elder Scrolls is way better. I think I think people give Fallout a pass because it's a big world with a lot of cool things, but the gameplay mechanics are absolutely horrible. Well, after Fallout 4, Fallout 4 really soured soured me to the franchise, going to be honest. I but like I wasn't really ever in it for the combat mechanics. I really liked being a dick in those games. And Fallout Three and Fallout One and Two as well. They let you be a dick like very few other games could. Especially New Vegas. New Vegas was awesome for that. Like you this your dialogue choices mattered. That's one of the reasons I really like Fallout. But they stripped that away in Fallout Four really aggressively. So I sort of, I've sort of soured a bit to the franchise. The way I've always seen Bethesda's Fallout's is just sort of like a sci-fi skin for Oblivion <laughs> or Elder Scrolls, rather. But um, I agree with you that Elder Scrolls is the flagship there, really. Oh. Yeah, I, I never, I never cared for Fallout. I don't know. I played Fallout Three, got everything in it, did all the DLC, and then when Fallout Four. Fallout 4 came out. I just wasn't interested in it. And Fallout 76, I- I'm sure I'll play it because I believe my game share uh, partner is getting it. He's excited for it. So I'm sure I'll try it. Maybe it'll play, you know, maybe it will change my mind. But I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really think the Fallout games are fun to play. And I know there's people in the community that are like, oh my God, Todd Howard or Todd God, 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 God Howard, God Howard and bethesda and stuff but like i think all of bethesda's games are better than fallout like i think fallout's their weak link and i know you know people people obviously are disagree with me but um i just i just don't care for fallout whatsoever man i, I will know. say that I, trailer- I, just, I like the setting i like i just like you know I really like the games. <laughs> surprise surprise i love slow motion skull smashing headshots man it's just infectiously cool and also i really like the base building mechanics in fallout 4 even though i didn't like the 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 direction they went with their dialogue system and stuff like that but 
I mean, I'm just kind of intrigued by Fallout 76. Uh, and I do like those sort of grinding, building games, especially collaborative. Like Conan Exiles and No Man's Sky have really sort of put me on that that whole survive survive a up chain. And, so, uh, uh, Boro Boracho, sorry if I said your name wrong, wants to know, is Prey even better than Fallout Rand? Of course! Prey is so much better than Fallout in every way, and I know Jazz would agree with me. Uh, I wouldn't really compare them. Well, okay. They're not really comparable games, but I believe Prey does a lot of things better than Fallout does. I enjoy, I enjoy Prey and Fallout for different reasons. Like, again, Fallout 4, I was not a big fan of Fallout 4. I reviewed Fallout 4, I think I gave it a 7, which was like, you know, not what most people gave it. Or a seven or eight or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. But I wasn't. I was really not happy with it because it, it you know, your, your choices didn't matter, which for me was um, really core to what Fallout is. But having said that, um, I still wouldn't compare it to Prey because Prey is not really about the choices stuff. It's like it's like a puzzle shooter. That's the way I played it anyway. So those are my what I'm looking forward to at least in the end of the year. Uh, in order, um, I don't know. Like outside of uh, the top four, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really. I don't know. It seems like there. Maybe it's because I'm not looking forward to Call of Duty or Battlefield this much, where normally I would. Because I actually do like playing those. Where it seems like ah, after after Spider Man and Tomb Raider and Red Dead, it's like man, there ain't really much else. I don't know. So um, I need to. I need to look at the the release. You know what? You know what? Honestly, honestly, I think early next year is better than the end of this year, because like early next year you have Resident Evil Two, you have Kingdom Hearts Three, you have Anthem, you have Division Two, you have Crackdown Three, you have Days Gone, and you have Metro Twenty Thirty Three, or Metro Last Exodus. My bad. Like I, I, I almost think the next three, so January, February, March, are almost better than September, October, and November this year. Oh, did you mention Division as well? Yeah, Division. Division 2, yeah. I, I, I honestly think that they could go toe-to-toe there. I think um, it's, it's interesting how they've spread out some of the AAA games. Like, in previous years, all of those games would have been squashed into Quarter 4. Yeah, they probably would have been. I think Red Dead actually coming out this fall changed a lot of people's plans. Uh, yeah, clearly, definitely. because November is like wide open when normally it's 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 like packed with games. So yeah, I, I you know I think I think that changed a lot of stuff. But anyways, getting back to the topic at hand, um, there's only really one game I played. Well, two games I played PUBG and I win. We get chicken dinners. That's that's what we do. But chicken dinners. I played Dead Cells and IGN. Oh, yeah, that's one game I really want to play. Yeah, and IGN didn't plagiarize my review, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, Unfortunately, <laughs> I know because because it would have been so great. Because look what happened. Well, we'll talk about that in in the segment uh, when we. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about it right now. I mean, I guess we could. Well, I'll I'll give my thoughts about Dead Cells, and then and then yeah, we'll t- probably tell me about Dead Cells because I um I've heard a lot about this game for a long time. Uh, it's it was in a I think believe it was in early access or beta or something because one of my friends was streaming it on Mixer like months ago. Um, but now it's out for reels. And yeah, so good reviews. Yeah, it's been out. It's been out on early access for, on the on PC for a long time. I think they've even sold like seven hundred fifty thousand copies on the PC already. 
And it is what you would call a roguelike Metroidvania uh, 2D side-scroller, right? Um, It's incredibly hard. People call it like a Souls-like. Like, they compare it to Dark Souls because the enemies and and the stuff can be pretty difficult to overcome. Uh, And when you start out, you're obviously not going to beat your first playthrough. Clearly, you're going to get killed. Uh, You're not going to beat on your 10th playthrough. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to play through it a bunch because every time you play through it, the enemies d- will drop like different uh, for you to unlock with you know better weapons, and they drop this currency called cells, which you use in between the levels to like unlock permanent upgrades. Like for instance, I have a health flask, and I can use it one time, but you can upgrade it to be able to use it twice, and then you can upgrade it even further to be able to use it three times, and then you can actually start with the randomized uh, melee weapon. And you know, so you so you unlock like more perks. So every run, will you'll get like farther and, and you know and, and in it essentially. But the best thing about the game is how it actually controls. It runs at sixty frames, and I'm gonna crib what Mister what, what Boomstick said. It's fat, as, as fluid and responsive. The combat is so good, and the game just feels amazing to play whether you're like trying to navigate through the different platforms or attack all the different enemies it is just sublime to play through and that's like the biggest thing for me it's like it controls selling it for me man you're selling it for i me. mean it controls very well and the, the how it looks like that gorgeous art style it has has combined with the great music uh, that it has as well. It's like, man, this is like one of those pick up and play things because I've had runs last an hour, but then I've had runs past like last 15 minutes. Um, so it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great game. It's 25 bucks. I think it's sitting at like a 90 on Metacritic right now. If you like take the, you know, all the different reviews from everything. On Xbox? And or was it just it's on, it's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. It's on the uh, Switch and it's on PC. So uh, it's everywhere, man. Like, and, and now the the stature of the game has been lifted up because of this plagiarized review from IGN, which I guess we'll go into now since we're talking about the game. Which I wholeheartedly recommend everybody check it out. Uh, if you're not into the whole, uh, what is it? The uh, the whole like permadeath stuff because once you die in the game, you start at the very beginning with like no gold and like no weapons. Uh, if you that doesn't really kind of fit your mold or whatever, or how you like to play, then I would wait for a sale. But I think the game's that good that you might get some enjoyment out of it. But you do you do get permanent upgrades on like some roguelikes. No, you do. Yeah, you you, you do get permanent upgrades. Um, but I mean, like I said, you have fifty thousand gold and you'll die, and you have all these like legendary weapons, uh, and you end up dying while they're gone. You know what I mean? So it's like start back at the beginning. So yeah, it's one of those games where eventually, if you want to beat the game, you got to do it in one sitting. Yeah, well, you don't have to do it in one sitting because you can actually quit out and continue anywhere. But you have to do it without getting, without losing all, you know, without using your life. So uh, it's pretty difficult. It's challenging, which is great because you actually feel like you're accomplishing something when you actually get pretty far. Um, and it controls is so good. But yeah, so <laughs> the big story, I guess, this week. Was that, you know, since since the game's been out on PC for a while, uh, Boomstick Gaming, he put out a review. And he was a small channel, about 12,000 subs. And it was a pretty good review. Uh, four minutes long. You could tell he put a lot of time and care and effort into it. And then IGN released their review when the embargo was up for everybody. Like, the embargo was Monday at 11 a.m. my time, which I didn't get my review out to, like, 3 p.m. Um, 
but he, he started he noticed that IGN's review was not was structurally the exact same as his and they started and they used actual phrases verbatim from his review it, to IGN's review even getting there's a part where he talks about the time door and he even he he said something wrong about it and then the dude from IGN said the same exact thing wrong about it you know what i mean so like while you watch the video cuz he did a side by side comparison if you watch the video at the very beginning you're like okay maybe there's nothing here very similar introduction but by the end you're like dude like this is this is about as transparent as it gets cuz not only did he copy exact phrasings but he copied the structure completely like how mr boomstick talks about you know what dead cells is and and how you progress on that stuff is exactly the same order in which IGN goes through goes through with it right so IGN was like notified they took the review down and then the next day they fired the dude uh because it, obviously it wasn't up to IGN standards and they had to fire him clearly because this is about IGN's credibility going forward uh cuz people were like you know what I mean, that's all giant IGN really has, right? Is their credibility. They're the biggest gaming website out there uh, by far. And people are, you would assume, like, people think that they're credible. But if, like, you have a reviewer who's clearly, and this is the part that gets me, um, paid to play the game and review it. Like, I review games on my channel, and I, I don't get paid to do it unless like I, you know, the ads I, that Google puts on, on it are a lot like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I get a game f- for a review, uh, and I put it up there, but nobody's paying me to review it. In fact, I think my, my dead cells review is at 2,500 uh, views right now, which is, which is good for an indie review. Like I'll take that, but it hasn't made any money. I think it's made me two bucks so far. And there's not a lot of money in indie reviews and you, you, you know, you know how the same is, right? Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, so like nobody's paying me for it, but I just like talking about good games that people might overlook. Uh, he, but here's the dude working for the biggest gaming website, getting paid a salary of probably, I don't know, 30 to 40,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And his job, maybe, maybe 20 to 30, that. maybe 20 to 30, somewhere around there. Um, I think you're, I think you might be overestimating how much they pay him, but you, they think they pay him less than twenty thousand. I would imagine he's at least getting twenty thousand. Well, yeah, maybe at least twenty thousand. But you said thirty thousand. Well, twenty. I said twenty to thirty. Okay. Thirty you know thousand. I mean? Twenty to twenty to thirty. I, I don't think he's obviously making above. Are you 30. sure? Was he salaried or was he a freelancer? Yes. He, no. He. They hired him. He wasn't a freelancer. He was no. the host of the Nintendo Fire uh, Nintendo Voice Chat podcast at IGN. Oh snap yeah it wasn't it was that big yeah this was his first like review he put together himself i guess but either way the point is here's a dude hired by ign he's paid to play video games paid to write about it and either there's two scenarios one he didn't play the game and then copied the review from somebody else because he had to get a review up but i don't think that's the case because he was streaming the, the game the day before and he was actually quite good at it so the other, so what exactly happened was he played the game, really loved the game, but then didn't want to actually write the review. And I don't know, that kind of, that kind of pisses me off to a certain degree because like, you know, like I said, I don't get paid to write all this stuff. 
And I spend a lot of my free time editing my videos and playing through a game. And, you know, I could be doing something else, but I do it because I want to. And here's a guy doing it as his job. And he copies off of a lesser known YouTuber, right? And that YouTuber at the time had 12,000 reviews or 12,000 subs. So he probably thought nobody would know. I'm just going to copy off of this smaller dude and get away with it. And that's kind of disgusting if you think about it. Because plagiarism, I don't know. It's the worst plagi- thing a journalist can do. Literally yeah. the worst. So what are, like stabbing what are you, someone in the face, I guess. I mean, you, you've, had, you've had journalists copy your work or not cite you for it and shit like that. I mean, how do, what do you think about this whole thing? Kotaku. Um, well, first of all, it's, you know, I don't, I don't blame IGN at all for any of this for, because how could they know? You know, how could they possibly know? Well, like, I don't. Bl- I don't blame IGN. I, you know what I mean. Like I never. A lot, said... a lot of pe- a lot of people have. You know, like anti media types. I've loved it. They've loved this story because it's like a chance to to bash the media and be like, oh god, look at the media, fake news, and all this stuff, right? But at the end of the day, IGN put their faith in this dude to tell the truth, write his own stuff, and you know. What possible reason would they have to think he'd do anything otherwise? There's no way you can possibly know. Because surely any writer knows that if they get caught doing that, that's it. That's it. It's over. No one will ever hire you ever again. You have to change your name and maybe even change your face. if you Change ever your career. Yeah, you're change just, your career. I mean, no, yeah, you're right. Nobody's going to touch. Plagiarism is serious. I wouldn't touch, uh, you know, like, because... I, I've hired people in the past, and that dude came to Windows Central and was like, oh, give me a job. I mean, what, what, like, would if, <laughs> no. what, what would you do if one of the writers at Windows Central plagiarized somebody? They'd be fired. Exactly, because right. it's, it's a serious thing. No, I, like, I said, like, when all this blew up, I said to my writers, I, I was like, I mean, I've never had to say this to my writers. Like, it's not, I'm, I'm not even sure it's even in our guidelines, because it should, should just be obvious, and it's a brain brainless thing. But I said to them, you know, this should go without saying. If you plagiarize, you will be fired. No questions asked. You know, so that's the way it should be. And IGM are really, really good that they agreed, went through with firing the guy really quick. I mean, it was all over in a day, pretty much. So that's fair enough. And, you know, it's sickening. Is the guy, did the guy respond at all? The, the um, yeah, I don't Philip, think he's... I don't think he's Philip something yeah, or that? Philip. Philip something and a couple people in chat said like this was the Nintendo editor like it wasn't just you know the, the you know the he was like the editor for all of their Nintendo stuff um so he was well, that, that he was, just makes it even more crazy because it's like you'd expect someone like that to be credible you know if he if well, he, he was also before they hired him as a YouTuber he had 70,000 subs on YouTube um so there's that as well um but um, we both agree that IGN's not to blame for this, right? Like, we don't hold IGN as the company responsible, right? We just... But there is... But you do expect people to hold this against IGN no matter what, though. Even though it was oh, one well, single yeah. person. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's the internet, you know. And, well, um, and uh, that's the thing. That's why it's so critical that when you, you know, re- represent in a brand that you, you know... <laughs> make sure you don't do anything to bring that brand into disrepute, disrepute if you want to keep your job. You know, I've I've had messages from my bosses sometimes, like saying stuff like, "You shouldn't have tweeted that." Like when I've you know been on a rant swearing about some celebrity or something, you know. And I, 
like powerful people that could you know possibly you know harm the site in some way and like you know you just sometimes you just have to watch what you say but plagiarizing someone's work that's just next level man so but what good happened out of this was that uh people rallied around boomstick uh, he went from 12,000 subs to like 54,000 subs. Yeah. And uh, that video he did is almost is approaching a million views. I think it was that like last time it looked like 850,000. Um, he started a Patreon. I think it's doing okay. So, I mean, like at least something good came out of all this. Like, yeah, the dude lost his job, uh, which he should because plagiarism is a, is a serious offense. But at least people like, you know, hey, here's a small time dude you know, doing stuff on YouTube and, you know, you could say like his life might change. Maybe, maybe not depending on how his channel goes from that forward, but it was nice to see like him just explode overnight. Um, I was wondering if I'd Jenna go further and maybe give him the proceeds from, from the articles. Cause well, they, one, yeah. that would have generated some ad revenue and stuff. Well, yeah, they, I think they, they, they did say they were talking about that uh, behind the scenes um, or something, but uh what a weird thing. Like, I, I I try to, like, put myself in the shoes of Flip, right? Here I am. I work at IGN. I'm the Nintendo News Editor. And I'm going to plagiarize? Why? And, and like, it's one thing if you're a super small site. Say 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 you have four thousand subs on YouTube, or you you maybe you have a website that nobody nobody watches and nobody reads, and you copy somebody else's work. Okay, well nobody's gonna see it. Whatever. I'm not saying that's you know, acceptable. It's not plagiarism shouldn't be accepted, and it's not. In, in every like major uh, professional field, you'll get fired and lose your job. And if you do it in school, you'll get kicked out. But if you're a smaller YouTuber or a you know, small website, nobody's going to know because nobody reads or watches your stuff, right? And people do that all the time. You know, uh, my buddy Maka, they, um, they just came out with this content ID match tool on YouTube, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Maka's tweet about that. And he, he, he had 250 instances of people re-uploading his videos uh, wholly on their own channels and making money off of stuff he did, you know? Which, as someone who's like, you know, makes content. Like I, I would be pissed off if somebody was making money off of the work I put into it. You know what I mean? So, but in this sense, like if you're a small timer, nobody's going to know, but dude, the fucking dude works for IGN. Millions and millions of people. Bo- it of mine. Yeah. yeah. And, and apparently, think, how do you think no one would know it? Well, yeah. So, it's everything. So Kotaku uh, did some work, and I guess they pointed out another like review before he joined IGN where he clearly uh, plagiarized. So it's probably not the first time he did it clearly, and he's probably done it his entire life, and it was just he was able to get that far because of it. And I thought to myself, like, man, what, what if this was me? What if, what if IGN stole my review? And I, I, I was thinking, like, okay, well, I'd probably feel two ways about it. One, I'd be flattered, but like, oh, my God. IGN thought my review was good enough to copy and paste as their own. You know what I mean? Like present my review as their review on the biggest gaming channel, biggest gaming website in the world. Like I would be flattered. Like, holy shit. Like they really like my content. But at the same time, I'd be like, wait a minute. Like I don't get paid. This isn't my full-time job. I barely get paid anything for any of these reviews. And here's some schmuck who's working full-time for this company just stealing from me without crediting or citing me, I'd be pissed, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you'd be flattered and you'd be pissed at the same time. Um, 
I'm just kind of curious to see if like this has been going if if other examples have kind of gone um like if there's been other like plagiarized examples, you know, from different co- uh, websites and stuff, and uh, we just haven't know, 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 known about it or whatever, you know what I mean? And Jack purchased Jack purchases right in chat. He, exist, you know? he did. He did. He did say on Twitter a couple of years ago that copying from one person is is plagiarism, but copying from multiple people's is research. And that is something he did say on Twitter. Which, as long as you cite, you know, you gotta cite your sources. You know, when you write these write 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 papers and stuff. Um, I yeah, know. I know some big big name websites that don't like citing sources. Yeah, Sam says even we have been hit with people not sourcing us lately. It's like a wave of plagiarism has suddenly hit everybody. I know Jez. I remember Jez was pissed when um a certain somebody didn't source him for the crackdown news. Yeah. <sighs> oh well. And what are you going to do really, about it? I wasn't really pissed. I was more bemused. It was like, really? Uh, Riggs Random wants to know, will Xbox be at Gamescom? Yes, they will. They are doing an inside Xbox at Gamescom. And I think they have a booth as well. But I don't really expect them to make any big announcements in any way. Um, do you, Jez? We talked about it earlier, didn't we? Like, I didn't expect much of E3 either, based on the press opportunities that were thrown off beforehand. But... E3 turned out to be massive for them. So it might just be that they're keeping it to their own productions. You know, they've got Mixer now. They don't really need the press as much as they used to. So, so you're, u- obsolete, man. you're I'm useless, obsolete. huh? I'm useless, man. I'm totally, totally useless. All right. Um, you know what? Let's talk about Red Dead since we both watched the trailer. Uh, what'd you think? Give me, give me your pure, unfiltered Jez Corden reaction to Red Dead Redemption 2. I'll tell you why I didn't watch the trailer. It's because I expected it to be that good. And it's kind of like, when I know a game's going to be good, I kind of like try and tune it out because I'd rather discover as much as I can for myself. You know, like if a, if a game, like if I know that I'm going to buy Red Dead, I know I'm going to buy Red Dead. It doesn't matter what the reviews say. It doesn't matter what the market says. I know I trust Rockstar to make a good game. And I have a lot of faith in that brand. I'm going to buy the game. So I generally don't watch the trailers for games that much. That said, you wanted me to watch the trailer so we could talk about the show, which is perfectly understandable. And I needed it, to do some work here, Jez. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell I, you to play, I tell you to play games like Edith Finch and God of War and all this stuff. I'm like, please play, I play God of War on Xbox. There was no PlayStation. God. You know, and, and like you're like, oh, but do I have to? And it's like, please, just 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 watch the trailer. Um, yeah, God, life's hard, man. Life's hard work, but it was amazing to you know put in a word. It was incredible. The visuals were absolutely stunning, like volumetric lighting through the mists of the wild west and stuff like that. It was really, really good. Yeah, you know, it's a classic rock star trailer. You know, well, it was also uh, it was also shown on the PS4 Pro. They confirmed that it looked yeah. freaking amazing. And uh, do you think it'll look even better on the X, or are they stretching for parity on this one? I don't know, man. I mean, go either way. You know, you know, people will cry if it if it doesn't have something special on the X, but just even on the Pro, it just looks completely stunning. And like, if 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 it looks exactly like that on the X, I ain't gonna be bothered. No. 
Dude, some of the vistas they showed were absolutely incredible. And it's like it's like you said, you knew it. It's like I don't really know the I don't really, you know, like have to watch the trailer because I know it's going to be amazing. And you watch that and they're like, damn, Rockstar is at the top of their game. Like nobody does an open world like they do. You know? I have reservations though, man. Because after Grand Theft Auto Online, which is still insanely popular and is still such a cash cow. You can't help but wonder, is this going to be compromised in some way because of their newfound mm-hmm. ability to monetize games? They're going to add microtransactions and stuff like that. You know, I, I made a poll yesterday because um, Bethesda announced they were gonna, they're going to debut Doom Eternal gameplay tomorrow. I made a poll saying, um, uh, basically, what are you more excited for, Doom or Red Dead Redemption? And it was about 30% said Doom and 60% said Red Dead. And I was surprised that it was so high, actually. I, was, I, expected, um, I expected Red Dead to absolutely crush it. But I kept seeing a few people say, like, I'm worried about microtransactions, blah, 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 stuff like that. And I don't think that's going to hurt Red Dead in the, in the wider, wider audience. But it's, it's clearly something that's on the hardcore audience's mind. Yeah. Have you seen much concern about that? Uh, concern about what? Microtransactions. Red Dead. I really haven't seen much concern about it yet. Although I think it's kind of one of those uh, issues that is is ready to pounce to the surface. You know what I mean? It's kind of like bubbling underneath everything right now. But because we don't know. Number one, we don't even know if the multiplayer is going to launch day and date with the title. Right? Because with Grand Theft Auto Five, it launched, I think, a month later. Um, we haven't seen any of the multiplayer yet, so I'm I, so like, they're yeah, they're teasing us. They're, they we first got a you know the gameplay trailer today, and I think they said they have more trailers coming showing off what you can do. So I wonder when they show off the online. I think then the worry about the microtransactions and how much of a pay to win aspect, and, and you know, they will be present in the game and what exactly it is. You know what I mean? And they were talking about in the trailer how like. Um, the different breeds of horses behave dif- differently, and you can like, if you you know, get to know your horse better and treat your horse better, like Pokemon, your your horse will like have extra abilities and it'll react more responsively and stuff like that. And you have to wonder, like, will in the multiplayer, will players just be able to buy a super horse out the gate and get access to all those abilities without grinding? You know, like. It's, it, speaking of which, this is this is on the same to- off topic of market transactions. But did you see EA said they've internally developed a new moral compass system? I did not see that. No. Uh, EA in some interview, or I think it might have been in a vessel call or something. That that EA said that they've developed new systems internally to make sure their monetization systems are moral. <laughs> And it's like, why do you need a system for this? <laughs> uh, we we learned so much from Battlefront, blah 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 blah. blah and it, it's just like, well, you said that after the Sims on the Sims and all this other games, and you said that after Dead Space Three. I don't know. Market trends aren't going away. It's too much money. But loot boxes might go away. Mm, yeah, I mean, we Forza stripped them out. Do you think any marks? Do you think Halo's Infinite will have loot boxes? Halo, you know, I want to. I want to say it will, just because Five did. 
but I don't really know, man. Um, Backpacks made a lot of money. They're often talking about that. I I, I would imagine it's uh, yeah, it makes so so here's a, so here's a comment uh, from Mister God, where I said because I want to address this in, in really quickly about the multiplayer. Um, the multiplayer for Grand Theft Auto Five launched a month later. I remember this because I wanted to play it right away, but it wasn't available. And he's saying it didn't. So I just looked to make sure I was right. And what do you know? I was right. Because that's the hashtag. Rand's always right. I'm always right. Rand is always right. Make that new hashtag. Rand is always right. There we go. So I don't know. Like, do you, do you think you're pretty sure that the multiplayer for Red Dead 2 is going to launch the same day as, uh, as the as the like the rest of the game, right? I don't know. Maybe not. The thing about Rockstar is they can do whatever they want. They don't have to play by the rules. They're Rockstar. Yeah, they are. They're a Rockstar. And uh, Rodane Forbes says a dev from three four three said no loot boxes for Halo Infinite. Now, I don't know if that's true, but um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they they seem to get away from loot boxes. It's got the stink. <laughs> That 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 stink from Battlefield Two, man. I wonder how many companies out there are pissed at EA for that. You know, like you ruined, <laughs> you ruined it for everybody. <laughs> you ruined it for everybody. God, you and your uh oh. um. What games never had loot boxes? What game never? Like, what if they never had loot boxes, or what if they did? I don't know. What game has never had loot boxes? World of Warcraft. Jesus, World of Warcraft. <laughs> Yeah, but you also pay $15 a month to play that game, though. That's true. It's worth every penny. So that's a loot box in itself. That's the thing. It's an alternative revenue stream. Maybe, like, a Microsoft's alternative revenue stream is no Game Pass. So they don't need loot boxes anymore. What if there's, like, I don't know. Like, what if eventually in the future, every big publisher just has, like, a Bethesda pass? And, like, we've already got the EA pass, basically. Yeah. Ubisoft pass. I mean, it's possible. Um, as for my take on the trailer, looks stunning. Exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, maybe the best looking game of this entire generation. Can't wait to see what it looks on my X in my 4K television. The only real question I still have left is the combat. They didn't really show much combat. You notice that? Yeah, they showed a lot of the upgraded melee combat, which looks good. But they didn't they really show much like gunplay. They showed a couple of flashes of gunplay, like the Dead Eye systems back. Well, right, but I mean, like it was it. It, it but they didn't show. They didn't go in depth on the gunplay. It was just like a really quick snippets where it seemed like the the, the like the the cursor was like magnetized to the character's head. You know what I mean? So I'm just I'm just trying to get a sense for is it just going to be Red Dead Redemption One's like you know aiming and gunplay system? That's the only thing I'm really kind of curious about at this point. I hope it's refined because, like, there's there's one thing about Rockstar games that I've always thought was one of their weaknesses is the gunplay is just not that great. In you know, I mean, they improved it a lot in uh, GTA Five, but it still wasn't like up there with I don't know something like Gears, for example, no. or, or, or Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two and Three, even. You know, so I, I I would hope that they put more emphasis on making sure the gunplay actually feels like a shooter. I'm not just like, oh, this is Rockstar style gunplay. Yeah. Lee Green says the amount of detail in that trailer is mind blo- mind boggling. I completely agree. 
Like, I remember, like, when he was, like, brushing his horse and, like, oh, you could hunt. And he grabbed, like, the wolf carcass and threw it on the back of his horse to take it to town and stuff. Like, just the little small details like that is something that only Rockstar can do. I tell you, a lot of devs underestimate the power of small details. And, like, this is something that Hideo Kojima was really good at as well. Or is really good at, I should say. He's not retired. Um, But um, he's... uh, just little details like stuff like i always remember in metal gear solid uh 4 for example on the ps3 like there's like so there's so many little tools that you probably would never use really but and like there's so many like hidden secrets if you like that are off the beaten path and like just so much stuff to find that it's like it's super gratifying when you find them and maybe only one percent of players find them Maybe only 1% of players, like, do that stuff. But it, it creates, like, these lasting memories that, you know, people talk about and influence. it influences the whole community, you know? Hard to explain what I mean. But I think a lot of devs underestimate the little details just because they have metrics that say, oh, well, people didn't look at this or people didn't do this. And I think, like, for example, one of the things Mass Effect... Andromeda got really wrong was that they, they removed the, the Renegade system, right? Because they found most players want to play a good guy. But the thing is, even if players were choosing to play a good guy, the fact that they were choosing it made the choice more powerful. Even if they never saw the, the bad guy content, it made the choice more powerful than if it just was no choice. And I think like a lot of devs rely too much on metrics and usage and stuff like that. Like, m- most people probably won't do the fishing stuff in Red Dead. No, they probably the fact, won't. The fact that it's there just adds so much flavor and value. And how many people will play poker, you know, or do any of the other stuff? Probably not many. Hell, you know what? Most many, most people won't even beat the freaking game. We've seen, you know, the achievement percentages and the trophy percentages for games. I was shocked, man. When <laughs> the Evil Within... The original Evil Within, completing that on normal difficulty is a rare achievement. Yeah, so most people don't even don't even finish the game. Like you can see, like, oh, here's someone who got the first achievement, and then like look and go down, and be like, man, the people who actually finished it, like, what happened? It really dropped off. You know, it's usually about a third, maybe a little, maybe a quarter, which is kind of depressing to think about. It's like, what are you doing? Especially if it's a single player game, like, what'd you get this for? Like that's you know, why that's why they that's why they made Game Pass, you know, because like they identified that a lot of gamers, uh, you know, the the gaming generation, they're getting into their forties and fifties now. A lot of them just sort of pick up and play and then put down and never come back, and like they like grazers, you know, like they call I think they call them explorers in Microsoft Microsoft Research because I've read some Microsoft Research papers on this like leaked documents and stuff. And then they, they call them explorers, people who pick up a game and, you know, they play for a bit and then they put it down and move on to the next game. Like they've, they've got more money than time basically. And that's what, that's what game pass is targeted at is those kinds of people. And it works really well, apparently. Yeah. I mean, there are people play differently. Like I don't, I'm not an explorer. I usually play one game and I finish it and I move on to the next, but there are definitely people. And I know some, some of my friends are like that. It's like load new game out, load it up, play it for 10 minutes, loot, you know, another game, load it up, play it, another game, load it up and play it. I mean, they just kind of want to sample everything that, that, which, is, you know, if that's the way you want to play, then, you know, I'm not gonna, 
I, you know, I, I'm not going to do it, but uh, I'm not going to say you know, every, that's the wrong way. But yeah, every way of gaming is valid. You know, if you if you love gaming, then you know it doesn't matter if you're casual, if you're hardcore. And there's there's this there's this undercurrent of elitism in gaming still. No, and you know, I used to I used to be like that before. Like when I used to play World of Warcraft hardcore back in the day, and Blizzard like started out all, all this like easier content and making things easier for casual casual players or just people who didn't have the time. I was like, oh god, Blizzard's dumbing down my game for the damn casuals, you know? Those now, filthy casuals. Yeah, filthy casuals. But now, but now I'm like older. And I I don't have the time to raid. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad Blizzard did this now. Yeah. Uh, um. How do you think it's gonna hold? Uh. You know, hold up. Uh. Sales wise, are we thinking biggest game of the year? Red Dead? Number two. Yeah. I mean, like, sales I think Red Dead crushes. Red Dead crushes everything this year. Even even Ooh, Call of Duty. Actually, yeah. Good point. It's not even on PC. I well, make... it'll be on PC eventually. I would imagine yeah, this is no, they're gonna no double PC dip this. Say, right? Oh, they're I, definitely I think... definitely coming to PC. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Next uh, year it'll come mm-hmm. to PC and everybody will re- rebuy it again so they can play it in 60 frames and whatever in 4K. But I mean, I don't know, like, you're, you have Far Cry 5 which has done well, you have God of War which has done extremely well, but um, obviously I don't think God of War has a chance of being the best. I think it's really just between Call of Duty and, and Red Dead, right? I would, or, I would think, I would, I want to hope that because Black Ops 4 doesn't even have a single player which is like sort of it soured a lot of the core audience to the game, which is gonna impact its virality. I would like, I would want to hope that Red Dead dethrones Call of Duty. I just, I, I don't have any animosities towards Call of Duty necessarily. I just, I just want to see something beat that thing for once. So that'd be nice. But well, you gotta keep in mind that as much as we're excited for Red Dead, Red Dead doesn't have the sales potential as the grand theft auto games clearly right i mean when you look at the like i think red dead hit 15 million in sales i mean that's nowhere even close to any of the grand theft autos so even though we're thinking like oh it's going to dethrone call of duty there's a chance it may not because call of duty at least normally does cowboys don't have the broad urban appeal of cars regular guns modern cities you know like yeah um, there's a lot of like kids in in England who just love the fantasy of being a gangster for some reason. I'm excited to play it. I'm sure once we get more trailers going into the gameplay and then the online and stuff, you know, the hype will be fully here for Red Dead. But uh, yeah, that's our thoughts about the Red Dead stuff. Uh, Jazz, before we get into the Obsidian thing, uh, the rumor that Microsoft is buying another studio, let's talk about a studio that Microsoft did buy that just released its game today, finally out of early access. Uh, which oh, yeah. is Compulsion. We Happy Few from Compulsion Games. Now, this was the one purchase I didn't really understand. When Phil got up on stage and was like, we're building a new studio, uh, Daryl Gallagher is the lead, it's a Santa Monica Studios, the initiative, quadruple A. I get it, right? You, brand new studio built from the ground up, some of the best people making uh, the games there. They're obviously going to have a lot of talent considering it's based in Santa Monica. Like, okay, understandable. Can't wait to see what you're going to make in four years or three years or whatever, right? Uh, then they bought Playground, which totally understandable. They make Forza Horizon. They're one of the better racing devs out there, if not the best racing dev. They're expanding to a second studio. They were making an open-world RPG game. Supposedly it's Fable. 
understandable you want to lock those people down. They're a great studio. You don't want to give them the get, get away like Bioware did, right? Yeah. Uh, Ninja Theory makes perfect sense. The games they make are great. Uh, the ones I played, you know, from uh, you know Hellblade to Devil May Cry to uh, Enslaved Odyssey of the West were all amazing games. Uh, I didn't play Heavenly Sword, so I don't really have a comment on that. But I understand if they were available to get, got to make them. Gotta, you got to buy them up, scoop them up, because they're going to make some great quality content for you. I Even though I'm not particularly a big fan of State of Decay, I understand why Microsoft bought the studio. They were quite small. Uh, they were probably looking for the backing of a big publisher. Uh, so it was kind of like an easy fit. State of Decay is already a very popular franchise. They want to make State of Decay 3 even better, hopefully. You know, uh, shared open world experience, better graphics, better animations. Like, I get it. So I get it from all those. Like I, I'm, I'm excited about three of them. You know, the Undead Labs thing. I guess we'll wait and see on State of K three turns out. But I was little, I was mixed on Compulsion Games because, like, I played their first game, Contrast. It's okay, decidedly mediocre. Last time I looked at Metacritic's got a fifty nine. It's a cute little like platformer that deals with light and dark mechanics. Okay. And then there's like a wee happy few though. Like I played it in early access and it's not any good. Like I thought it was kind of horrible, but then again, they, they, they worked on it for two years and they supposedly changed it. Now you have this whole story mode, but then reviews came out today and I guess you could say it fits in right in with all the other Xbox games with uh, <laughs> state of decay and uh sea of thieves right around the 66 Metacritic. Of course, you know, uh, this game was made before Microsoft purchased them, so the game was already what it was going to be. There's always the potential that, hey, now, now with all that stuff, they can make a better game, but I'm still not sold on them, Jez. Sell me on Compulsion, because I just don't think they're a very good studio. Oh, man. I haven't played We Have a Fuse final version. Like, um, our reviewer loved the game, and he was telling me about it because um, uh, we got a key, and I, I, sent, I gave it to him, and he was saying he really liked it, and I was surprised because, um, you know, I didn't think he'd like that kind of game very much, but I didn't have time to review it myself, so I gave it to him. He really liked it, so I was I was confident in his assessment of it, but apparently he was in the minority. <laughs> the extreme minority. He's the only one above a 90. Yeah, I'm surprised about that, but oh well, it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm i going to try and play it myself, I think. Well, I'm going to uh, play it too. I have the... Uh, I got it when it came out, in, uh, when it originally lost in Game Preview, and I was planning on playing it because I wanted to see... Because I'm up for a good, st- and, and and I've read the reviews, and all of them praise the story, the quality writing, the the world building that it does. Right, all yeah. things I'm really interested in, but all the reviews basically say the gameplay is horrible. But it sounds like they suffered. It sounds like they suffered from a lack of focus. Like the original vision for the game was completely different to what it is now, and it feels like because they pivoted so hard when they joined up with Gearbox and Gearbox is probably like, you know what, if you want this to be any good, you, you probably need to change your focus a bit. And um, they're probably like, okay, fine. And they've, sounds like they've changed direction, relating development. This is always going to, it always creates a mess. I, I can't, I can't remember a game that sort of pivoted on its direction. So late in development and not be, you know, not have issues, put it that way. Um, I am Played it myself, yeah. I've I also own it. I presume people who got it know the access get it for get the update for free, right? I would imagine. Indeed, yep, yep. So yeah, you, that is true. Yeah. 
I love that, and maybe we can talk about it next week if we. Uh, if no, we I'm definitely, I'm definitely playing it this weekend because I am interested in seeing how the story goes, and maybe Microsoft bought them because they wanted a good uh, story-driven studio, and they can help with the gameplay facets. That's, that's the thing you know that I really mean? loved in early access. I really love, you know, I mean, this is obviously niche because you know British, but I really love the Britishness of it, you know, and it sort of unique in that sort of British sort of way. Those masks are so damn creepy. There's, oh, yeah. some, there's yeah. something there, man. Yeah. It reminds me of like Sea of Thieves and Undead Labs. There's something there begging to be realized. And I suppose what Microsoft's Microsoft's think, thinking process with some of these studios is, can we you know, monetize that sort of potential and like that sort of unique, those unique elements that the studio culture brings, you know, and there's certainly something unique. There's something unique in contrast. There was something unique in We Happy Few, even if it's even in its completely broken alpha state, which is the only version of it that I played. Um, you know, there was something there. So I'm hoping that this isn't just a crapshoot, and that there's actually a, a compelling plan. You have to presume that. To get purchased, they would have had to pitch ideas to Microsoft and be like, look, if you buy us, this is these are the games we want to make and blah, blah, blah. This is what we're working on. Presumably, Phil and the team know what the future holds for those developers. And it's just a case of, you know, they needed money. They needed personnel. They needed, they needed you know, someone to take over the, the boring day-to-day stuff like distribution, PR, because a lot of indie devs do that stuff themselves, and it takes the focus away from, you know, the stuff they do best, which is making games. And um, hopefully Microsoft knows what it's doing. But I, I'm like you, man. Like, I, I was hoping that We Happy Few would have li- lived up to, you know, the expectations that they now have on well, them as the first part. I didn't really... Well, yeah, I didn't really... Like Microsoft's really not involved in this game. It was it was so far along. Gearbox came along, and you know yeah. gave them the extra money to make it. So Microsoft purchased the studio. So I'm not really sure if We Happy Few is a good reflection of what they're going to do under Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, but I am like kind of just like I said, like they're the one purchase out of all of those where I just didn't understand because like their first game was. Me- decidedly mediocre and this one looks like it has some good ideas it just maybe they just need more care and attention and uh sam tolbert in chat says compulsion games was the oddest purchase for him too but you got to look at the potential founded by x bioshock devs with the focus on weird narrative and immersive sim elements even the negative reviews for happy few are praising the narrative if they grow compulsion could become microsoft's arcane studios i mean I, I kind of agree. I mean, the potential is poten- is there. They Microsoft is just going to have to coddle the studio a little bit and maybe help them out. But like it just the whole point though, isn't it? It's just the idea that when you when you read all these things, it's like story's great, the world building is amazing, the art's great, but what you do in the game from moment to moment with the gameplay is horrible. It's like oh man, gameplay. You know, like gameplay's got to it's got to be good. You know, that's what you're going to be doing. Gameplay's king. You know, so it's like the stealth doesn't work right, and the sur- I, I hate survival stuff. So, like, get that out of the game. We'll see. I mean, I know God, I we're know, so I, different, man. I I love survival I games. Hate survival. I, hate I wish every survival. game had a survival thing in it. I, I hate know. survival. 
I absolutely, uh, absolutely hate survival. I can't stand that. Like, uh, but that's I was, dude. After I watched the trailer back in 2016, and I was like, I'm getting Bioshock vibes out of this game. Can't wait to play it. And then I played it on the show floor, and it was a survival game. I'm like, I feel bait and switched. Like this isn't what it was presented to me at this thing. So. I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, look, it's going to be a while before the next game comes out. Their first game under Microsoft. It's 2018. When do you realistically expect a game from them, Jazz? 2021? 2022? Something yeah, like that? That's the problem with some of these purchases is that they're, the fruits of these purchases are so far away. I don't know. So, yeah, there is that. A long time away. Um, also... Jez, there was uh, something pretty interesting that I wanted to talk to you about. It kind of goes into our discussion last week about streaming devices and the uh, Xbox Scarlet, right? Mm-hmm. So EA said yesterday that streaming devices will kill traditional consoles within the next 10 years. Possibly. What do you think about that? I mean, I guess I'll read you the quote. Okay. He goes, Give us the quote. Uh, so, speaking to games industry, Vice President of Strategic Growth, Matt Belpke, reckons that streaming devices will render traditional consoles obsolete in the not-too-distant future. He goes on to say, it could be that console, act- that console, that D console actually exists in the smart TV or the next PlayStation just exists on your phone, and that then pushes the experience to all the different screens you have access to. The console as it exists today, and your TV... In five years' time, people will still have them, I imagine, just out of retro sentiment. They look good, <laughs> but in 10 years, they will be in one of the other devices that you have. I think 10 years is optimistic because, put it this way, right? They have been predicting the death of PC gaming for about 20 years. And uh, this year, PC shipments grew. After all the doom and gloom predictions about PC gaming, uh, uh, PC gaming is growing, and uh, the PC industry is growing, and it's on the back of gaming PCs and new form factors, like small PCs and stuff like that, like the Surface Go. However, um, I do agree that streaming consoles are going to be a huge driver of growth, in the same way consoles in general have expanded the market far beyond, you know, the original Commodores and stuff like that. There's going to be destruction, but I think to say streaming is going to completely replace consoles in 10 years, I think that's aggressively optimistic. Um, like Stuff like putting the, the console in the TV, like plugging a HDMI dongle into the TV and stuff like that, I think that'll exist, and I think it'll exist alongside streaming devices. But I don't know... Why EA thinks internet speeds are going to be good enough to bring this to fruition, and not only that, I don't know why they think like anti anti competitive practices, especially in the American internet delivery market, where you know pretty much these big companies are working together to make internet crap and expensive, adding data caps, net neutrality is being killed, so they will force the costs of streaming devices up probably in the next 10 years by charging Microsoft and Sony a premium to access their networks because net neutrality is going out the window in America. So I think that is aggressively optimistic on his part. I think they'll exist. They'll coexist, much like PCs coexist. As long as people want 
home consoles, they will they will make home consoles. You know? And um I think like they are overestimating the amount of people who are gonna wanna make that switch. You know? I mean ten years ten years is a long time. We're talking what, um, 2028 who knows who knows what the video game landscape will look like in 10 years who know what internet world internet who knows who knows what platform. the united states of america will even look like in 10 years you know what i mean like 10 years is a long way out um but clearly all the, like look at what they we have we to have, think about they have to think about this stuff well they no i mean to... they, they, i mean it's all moving in a streaming direction i mean i think it's clear from every like ea's wants it uh, Ubi, I mean, the years gimo, you know, of Ubisoft is talk about how he thinks next generation is the last one. Uh, you have all, everybody just talking about like streaming, like it's just like, yep, it's going that way. And I wonder if they're just going to try to take, you know, everybody kicking and streaming into that future where people don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, I do, so. do, does that, like, does everybody just want streaming like i certainly do not want streaming i don't care if it saves me like i don't care if they if they came to me as like like rand wouldn't you want to save five hundred dollars on getting a streaming box instead of buying the next xbox like hell no i'd rather spend the five hundred dollars so i can have a local device here instead of worrying about if my internet's you know the best it all depends on the internet stuff and i don't see game game publishers or even microsoft doing a lot of work to improve national internet speed i don't see them trying to persuade comcast or whatever to re, you know reduce the cost of data caps i don't see them like well, I do see them fighting for net neutrality, but they've they've ultimately failed, you know, in America pretty much, I would say. And, um, you know, these things impact the capability for streaming to proliferate as a core method for delivering games. And there's, there's other aspects of this that aren't even being considered. Like, for example, you know, a game streamer, for example, a game streamer is going to want to run that game locally because if they're if they are nuking their upload speeds, which are usually terrible and far, far behind download speeds, at least in Europe, then they're not going to want streaming because they won't, they won't be able to stream the game either unless the streaming takes place at Microsoft's end, which is just going to up the bandwidth. There's so, there's so many complexities at play here, and I think it's fair to expect that it is going to go in that direction because that's just obvious. I mean, you know, as, as global internet speeds do improve and people do demand better internet services and people will eventually just say, you know what, we deserve better and you have the capabilities to give us better, give us better, you know. Eventually those, those like what we consider to be acceptable data caps or acceptable speeds, those will creep up hopefully. And um, as a result, game streaming will prolif- proliferate along with that. But 10 years still feels optimistic to me. You know, five 5G rollout is starting now, but like I can barely get 4G in most places. In some places in Germany, I can't even get 3G. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, guys, you can't really rush ahead with this until you sort out the inf- internet infrastructure problem. If you want, if you want game streaming to be the way we all consume our games, it has to at least match the quality that we're getting right now with native consoles, and it's unproven, frankly. PlayStation now hasn't proven it yet. Microsoft hasn't proven it with their service yet. Although, you know, they pro- they still went up on stage and promised console quality game streaming. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I, I don't think Phil's lying, but no, I also I, think I there's so yeah. much complexity involved. 
Yeah, well, first people have to accept streaming. Like that's the thing. Like this is the thing I'm worried about. One of the one of the issues I'm worried about, like the Xbox Scarlet device, is is you need to like you only get one chance for first impression, right? Like 2013, Microsoft made the worst first impression for a console you can possibly imagine, and it's one of the reasons why they're in the position they're in. Now you take that to the console, and you want streaming to be a good first impression. You don't want people to like plug in their console and being like, look at this crap. Look at this shit. Streaming sucks. And just unplug it and take it back. Right. Yeah. So it has to work. It has to be good. There can't be any issues because otherwise you're going to get off a terrible first impression and then nobody's going to want it. And then that bad press kind of spreads to where like now everyone's talking about, Oh, Microsoft Scarlet thing sucks. And it spreads, and even though it's only a hundred bucks, and you know you should expect less, you know you get what you pay for. I'm expecting less. Put it this product. way: mm-hmm. if, they were, if they were so confident that streaming would be what everyone wants day one, they wouldn't even be releasing a Scorpio two. They'd just be like, "Oh, yeah, everyone's going to want this." They they clearly don't know for sure themselves, which is why they're even making local hardware, and um and because they feel there's still strong enough demand for local hardware, because obviously there is. Otherwise, people wouldn't be freaking out over like the latest AMD Threadripper and stuff like that because, you know, see having want, things locally is fun. I'm going to shout out OBJ to Don and Chad. He says, it's crazy as hell that so many of these new gamers are quick to go along with this shit. Saking my damn head. I think the key word there, OBJ, is that they're new gamers and young. You see, you got to train people from a young age. We're older. We're older gamers. We want it our way or no way at all, right? It's like we want the console, the disc, or maybe digital, and we want that console plugged into our our TV, and we just we don't want streaming, right? Hell, we didn't want, like, DLC or loot boxes or any of that nonsense, but, of course, they pervaded every part of gaming because these kids grow up with, like, Fortnite and all this other stuff where those things are to be expected, especially in the mobile arena, Kids kids grow up gaming on mobile and what's to be expected in mobile. Loot boxes, microtransactions, wait timers, right? It's so they weird. grow up, they're expected for that. And now they're growing up where streaming is a viable option to, you know, watch TV shows, to watch movies. And eventually they'll grow up to be like, it's an acceptable way to play video games. You know, th- these companies are smart. They know that's how it is. It's just, it's the young people and, and, and they, you know, and, and they'll do it because it's convenient, right? You know, I... Like, if you go back 20 years ago, if you would have been like, you know what, you're going to buy something from a corporation that literally listens in on every single one of your conversation and records everything, people would have been like, I don't want that in my house. But 20 years later, oh, my God, it's so convenient. Let me spend my money to get this listening device in my house because it's so cool to say, hey, Alexa, uh, what time do I take a shit today? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's so cool. And you can do it with your friends and all these different things. Like, I was last night... Or the other day, my buddy Inferno, who I used to do TXR podcasts with, came into the party and he was talking about how there's this like pressure cooker or some sort of grill where you can get these uh, probes to put it into the thing you're cooking that ties into Alexa. So (laughs) while you're inside the house entertaining your guests, you can be like, hey, Alexa, what's the temperature on probe two? And it would tell you what like the thing you're cooking's temperature at. So you don't have to actually go outside and check on it. You'll know because you oh, can ask, you know, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. But twenty years ago, everybody would have been like, "I don't want this in my house." But today, of course, it's accepted. It's because it's convenient and it's cool. You know, things change, man. 
things change. So yeah, I, I fully expect gaming will be all streaming eventually down the road. Now, whether that's in five years, 10 years or 20 years, I don't know, but it's going to happen, unfortunately. So um, that's kind of my whole take on it. You got anything else to add before we talk about Obsidian, Jez? I mean, gamers pretty much banded together and backlashed against loot boxes and forced developers to look for alternative revenue streams. If gamers wholesale reject streaming, then it won't it won't go ahead because it won't be profitable, you know? So it's ultimately, you know, do you want convenience or do you want, you know, high quality and stuff like that? Like every time, I, I pay for Amazon Prime, right? I absolutely hate Jeff Bezos and think he's obscenely wealthy and it's pretty disgusting how low-paid Amazon warehouse staff is. But I live in the middle of nowhere. And the convenience of Amazon Prime is just like, I need that in my life right now. It's hypocritical and depressing. But human beings prioritize convenience. And, you know, it's just just straight maths, you know. Value, you know, you could do a formula. Value, effort, you know. I don't do maths. I'm not even going to try. But uh, people, people go for the easiest option every time. So before we move on, shout out to Chaos Gamer for the super chat. He says, missed a few streams. What's up, Ryan and Jez? What's going Yo. on, dude? Thanks for the support. Glad you could make it this time. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Obsidian and uh, Xbox, Jez. Um, so this rumor comes to us from Reset Era, your favorite place on the internet. Uh, hey, I, I don't mind Reset Era. There's some good people there. Yeah, there's some good people at Reset Era. This comes from Cloberl, who's actually a really nice dude. Uh, and this is the only reason. Yeah, this is the only reason I'm entertaining this is because it comes from him. So he got to see through whatever means he has, whether it's some backdoor access access to Xbox Live, a um a letter of intent between Obsidian and Microsoft that was signed by Obsidian employee before E3, but with no signature from Microsoft employee. And he was just putting it out there, and he he's not he doesn't really feel good about this one, and in, in the way that he felt 100 percent confident about the playground deal because he saw that letter of intent before Microsoft announced the purchase. Um, but he just wanted to put it out there, so of course everybody's kind of running with the story. What do you think about this, Jez? Xbox buying Obsidian. Even though I'm not the greatest fan of the studio because they don't really make games that I enjoy. Like, I haven't played any of the Pillars of Eternities, but I do love South Park. I didn't play Fallout New Vegas. Uh, I thought Dungeon Seeds 3 was mediocre. Alpha Protocol was okay. Uh, I didn't really like Knights of Republic 2. Would this kind of fill a hole for Microsoft, and do you actually see this happening? Well, first of all, I don't have any information on this whatsoever. Um... I don't really have sources on that side of thing. Most of my stuff comes from the operating system stuff. But I I would like this because I really like Obsidian. Um, I haven't finished it, but I really, really like what I played at Pillars of Attorney. And um, they are a studio that understands the value of the dialogue choice, which is, you know, I love dialogue choices in games. And they're a studio that really understands player freedom and stuff like that. Microsoft has, you know, one of the biggest criticisms of Microsoft's first party lineup is lack of RPGs, right? And, like, 
I don't think the style of RPGs Obsidian make are super expensive to make because they they make them in their own engine that's built on top of Unity. I can't remember off the top of my head what the engine is called, but there's a bunch of devs that use it, and a bunch of games have been built using it, like uh, uh, Torment, Tides of Numenera, for example. And I really like turn-based strategy games. They're sort of they're in a bit of a renaissance period right now, like Larian Studios with Divinity Original Sin, which is one of the best games made this year on Metacritic. I haven't finished that either. God, I wish I had more time. I hate my backlog and I hate myself. But I think Obsidian would be a great pickup for Microsoft personally. Um, I've heard they don't make a lot of money. And I've heard before that they were looking for, for a buyer but that was a long time ago. And Microsoft well, not really- that long ago, back in 2017, uh, they said they would be open to a purchase if the you know the acquisition yeah. was right. Well, there you go. You know, I would. I think Microsoft should pick them up if they are looking for a buyer. I would love it if they were properly funded and could you know produce a better engine than the one they're using because Pillars of Eternity's engine is clunky and looks dated and stuff like that. Um, it'd be cool, man. And they'd fill a gap in their RPG lineup. So, they I have mean, their fans. They have their fans. Well, no, they definitely have their fans, which are all mainly PC fans who probably would hate this if Microsoft did buy them, uh, although their games would still be on PC. I mean, their quality studio, all their work, is pretty much you know mid eighties on Metacritic. The Pillars of Eternity games are highly rated. Um, in fact, some people would tell you, you know what, they should be the ones making Fable, you know, not n- not Playground. I just and we, we know that Micro. Well, that could work with Playground on it, right? But I mean, you've heard, I've heard uh, that Microsoft's not done acquiring studios; that they're still looking into it, and this kind of does fit the mold for what type of studio that Matt Booty said he wanted to look into, like a double A studio that has good, like creative vision and leadership and all this kind of stuff. And they're located in California and Irving Avalon. No, no, no. You don't work there anymore. He, uh, you know, you're not the only one to say that Colt Eastwood said the same thing. He's like, Oh man, if Microsoft bought this, they Chris Avalon would be brought with them. I'm like, dude, didn't you watch E3? Chris Avalon yeah. was on stage with Teclan doing dying light two. Yeah. But isn't he, doing that as a freelancer I, I can't he, he is but when he left obsidian he talked shit about management dude like he was oh, going he in. oh yeah he left oh well there you go then yeah he, he left and he did not have good things to say about this now there's also an interesting kind of facet to this whole story was microsoft canceled one of their games earlier this gen which made them go kickstarter in the first place you remember this Yes. What was it called? Sh- it, was called it was called Stormlands. Stormlands. What was Shadowlands? Was not sure. Game, yeah. So it was a game that was never announced by Xbox. It was supposed to be a launch title or a launch window. Microsoft canceled it, and Obsidian almost had to shut down. They fired a whole lot of their team, and they went to the Kickstarter route, and I believe came up with Pillars of Eternity as well as Tyranny. And yeah, I mean, it saved their studio. I think about Tyranny too. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like obviously, the, the the there's a change in leadership at Xbox. At you know, at that during that time when they canceled that game, you know, people, you know, like the different people were in charge and stuff. So, I mean, it would be a good p- pick up for Xbox. Uh, I would fill a gap in their lineup. Maybe they could do a Shadowrun, a proper Shadowrun RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, it's just kind of we're just kind of waiting to see if they actually go through with it and when they would announce it. Because I believe they said if any other if any new studio acquisitions, they wouldn't wait. They would kind of announce them as it happened. So, I mean, yeah. they're good. They're a good studio. There's no denying that. And I would, I would definitely, yeah, I I would definitely be happy with that purchase. As yeah. a fan of you know Microsoft and stuff, well, it would make sense. Like I would understand why they get them. It's a quality studio. They do good work. I, I'd understand it better than than Compulsion Games, at least. You know what I mean? Sounds like I'm being hard on Compulsion Games, but you know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't have any inside info. I don't know anything about it. Neither does Jazz. And uh, we'll see if it actually happens down the road. It might. It might not. Uh, maybe it's already happened and they're holding on, you know, to a Gamescom announcement. I guess there's only one way to find out, and that's just kind uh, of a waiting game. I hate, I hate this because it's making me feel really bad about my backlog, dude. My backlog is just like it's gone so unwieldy, and now there's a World of Warcraft expansion coming out, and I'm addicted to this. I'm never going to get to it. I really, really enjoyed Pillars Attorney when it came out on Xbox, and and then. Things happen, man. I have to move on, and that's the thing with RPGs is when you go back to them after not playing for, playing them for a while, you don't know what the hell's going on. Hmm. It's first world problems, man. First world problems. Um. So Fallout seventy six skipping Steam. Now we mentioned this in the intro to the podcast, but Jess thinks this is the beginning of the end for Steam. Uh oh. You keep saying that. I never said that. <laughs> I want, I'm trying. I'm trying so to this, get like this is the, why people sensationalize me because well, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm not the I'm not the one t- tweeting out see if thieves is the PUBG of 2018 or anything like that. Like I didn't make that tweet. Ah, <laughs> uh, unless I could be. I'm I'm pretty sure you said is or will be. Oh. I don't think there's any like kind of uh in between there. But anyways, uh, so Bethesda's way down. No, you never will. I've seen that in so many like compilations of, <laughs> of like of title like stupid things X bots say, and like your tweet is like right there. Um, so it's skipping Steam. I got why I have a hype for that game. And Bethesda's gonna have their own launcher, and of course, PC gamers are like, "Oh my god, another launcher!" Um, but it kind of does make sense, doesn't it? Like, why is yep, Bethesda? Why is Bethesda going to give thirty percent to Valve when they can just run their own game? You know, makes total sense to me. Makes total I, sense to me too. Hey, at PC is an open platform. If you've got the resources to build a launcher, bloody well do it. Don't give your money to Steam because that's just why would you do that? Yeah, and if like, you're a big company like Valve, who can get um not Valve, if you're a big company like Bethesda, who can get away with that, fine. But like for for a lot of like double A devs and the indie devs and stuff like that, um, Steam is discoverability and uh, engagement and stuff like that. There's a lot of eyes on Steam, but the thing is, Rand, that's not the case so much anymore because Discord is becoming a major player in where PC gamers have their eyeballs. And Discord also revealed this week that they're going to start selling games too. Mm. So things are going to get complicated for Steam if Discord starts building up a big store. And another thing as well, Blizzard, Blizzard's launcher, right? Blizzard's um, started putting all their Activision games into that launcher as well. Yeah, Call of Duty's Blizzard- not going to be on Steam, yeah. Yeah, and uh, not only that, but 
Blizzard's launcher now has a Discord feature, kind Ooh. of, where you, you can make like a cross-game community. It even has GIF support now and emojis, and they have their own chat panel built in. The, for me, as, as someone whose job it is, is to analyze Microsoft, I think Microsoft is the one going to be losing out the most from this. And I, I've been tweeting for months that Microsoft needs to buy Discord, and it's probably too late for them now. Unless they spend like literally billions of dollars, but um, you know the the fact that Discord has integrated chat and it's really good, and that's where pretty much like most gaming communities live now. Um, you know, Reddit is one, and the other one is Discord. It's kind of like Microsoft opportunity with PC gaming is gone now because the the Xbox app has all these features and chat stuff. And I remember months ago, or well, years ago actually, Mikey Barra was saying stuff like we see a lot of our we see a lot of PC gamers using um the Xbox app to organize raids in World of Warcraft because we got the chat stuff, we got the voice chat stuff. And that was before Discord had voice chat. They've let Discord completely run riot over any potential Xbox had to make headway on PC. Like, Discord has voice chat now. Discord is much faster for chat. It's way better for building communities than the Xbox app on PC. Xbox's opportunity with PC is over, I think. Without, they have to buy Discord now or just get out of the game because the Xbox app is languishing in this sort of slow terribleness that just doesn't seem to be going away. They'll just so, invest more into the Xbox app and have. they'll just put more people in there to doing stuff. But yeah, I think... Too late, man. What are they going to do? They're not going to get people away from Discord. They're, they're smaller, quicker, and they're just so much... They're so far ahead now. I'm, I don't think it's going to work either, but they're going to try. They're, gonna, they're definitely going to try. Trust me. They're going to try and win by Discord because basically whoever buys Discord will control the future of PC gaming or PC <sighs> engagement, whether it's Amazon... It's going to be Amazon, Google, or Microsoft who get Discord. And whoever gets them will control Windows PC gaming. Damn, that's, 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 that's huge. I mean, like, just, just because of, what, the, the chat and the voice? Yeah, man. I mean, you, like, would, you, would, you would think whoever, whoever runs Steam runs PC gaming. Well, yeah. But, like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's being taken over by Discord, man. Because that's where all the streams. Well, hold on. Let, 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 let's not counter chickens before it hatches. Like this. Like so, are you saying Discord's eventually going to have a marketplace where they're going to be selling games, just like Steam? Well, right now, right now, I believe what the thing is, they're giving away free games as part of their, as part of their um, uh, Discord Nitro feature, right? And yes. um, they, they also announced that they want to work with publishers to begin selling games. And if you're a publisher, you should get in touch at the end of the blog post. The fact that they're going to start getting into that and they have so much engagement and so many eyeballs. When you open Discord, there's like a huge page now where it's just like game news, storefront, like the storefront could be right there every time you open Discord. And Discord does chat and community way better than Steam. It just does. You know, it's a fact. And if it wasn't a fact, more people would be using Steam for building communities than Discord. Um, and people do use Steam to build communities. I'm not saying they don't. But, like, when you when you watch a Twitch streamer or when you watch a Mixer streamer or, or a YouTube streamer, they're never saying, join my community on Steam. 
They're saying join my community on Discord. Yeah, it's always the Discord app, yeah. Well, okay, so here's something that goes towards your argument. So Matt Piscatella, the MPD analyst, tweeted out today. He said, Discord opening a storefront is a big deal, with each major publisher seemingly going with their own PC launcher, just like with Bethesda and Fallout 76. Uh, going forward, the place where the friends list lives will have the most engagement. Discord is the place where the friends list now lives on PC. Big disruption incoming. Yes, seriously. Like, Steam should be worried. And, like, a lot of people have always said, oh, Steam will always dominate, Steam will never sell. This could be the beginning of Steam being in trouble because they've... The beginning of the end, like I said. No, 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 not the beginning of the end, Jesus. They're never going (laughs) to... People have literally thousands of games they own on Steam. Steam's not going to go away. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, like, where does the future live? And Steam has been chasing stupid things for so long. They've been chasing VR really hard. Completely stupid by Steam, frankly. They've been chasing their their own operating system to try and get away from Microsoft, which is like just pie-in-the-sky stuff. I mean, they're, not, they're never going to compete with the hardware ecosystem Microsoft built around Windows. Never with Steam OS and Linux and all that stuff. They've wasted so much time. And while doing that, they've allowed Discord to build up this absolutely sublime community and chat app that gets updated on a nearly weekly basis, purely focusing around chat. And Steam has built up this amazingly engaging platform as a result. And maybe this was always their plan all along, build up this super engaging chat program and then whack a store onto it and make billions mm. and um when they sell and they will sell all all tech companies all tech startups like this eventually sell you know unless they're crazy like twitter but um they'll be looking to sell you know and maybe one day it'll be microsoft who's, who's desperate to buy them because their discord is going to completely control engagement on windows for gaming and um well, I mean, I, I get, I get I, why I, I, too late. I get why Bethesda is is avoiding Steam. Like, and I get why Activision built their own, and why Destiny and Call of Duty aren't. You know, they they doing the Battle.net thing. Uh, you know, EA is has Origin, right? Because EA games aren't on Steam, right? They're they're on Origin. Uh, you play from Ubisoft, but I believe you can still get Ubisoft games on Steam. They haven't kind of like just. But I, I do I do understand why these companies will like don't want to deal with Steam because they don't have like on console you have to. There's no other way to reach Xbox gamers or PlayStation gamers or Switch gamers. So you have to pay the trolls toll, which is the thirty percent, right? Yeah. If you want to sell Red Dead Redemption to an Xbox, you gotta give Microsoft thirty percent cut. Same thing with Nintendo. But on PC, since it's open, it's like, hey, if you like you said, if you have the resources to build a launcher why would you pay Steam 30%? Why would you pay Valve 30% when you yeah, can and, do it yourself and, and keep everything for yourself? That's another thing. It, it mattered back in the day because your friends list did live on Steam. But now you, your friends list lives on Discord and people are using Discord for voice chat. And uh, Discord is platform agnostic. If you've got, like, if you've got Steam... Um, if you've got a game on Steam, Discord will detect it and it has its own overlay. If you've got a game on UWP, Discord will detect it. If you're playing on Xbox, Discord will detect it because it's platform agnostic. So Bethesda can be like, okay, we'll make our own launcher for our games. We'll let people continue using Discord for chat because we don't need Steam for that engagement anymore. And with every single streamer on Earth pushing Discord, there's literally no reason for any big publisher to use Steam anymore. And... um. 
and that's when Steam's going to suddenly realize that they're paying themselves into a corner and Microsoft could swoop in and pick them up. Uh, well, here but you go. Ahead. But I mean, Epic doesn't use it because Fortnite's not on Steam. They have their own launcher for Fortnite. Yeah, but, but put it this way. Epic had their own launcher for Unreal Tournament, the, the remake of Unreal Tournament. Did you even know that they remade Unreal Tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think I played. I mean, I played a, a Unreal play on Xbox. No, I I... no, no, you know, you didn't. There, there's, there was, <laughs> there was another remake. Of, oh, of I don't know. On, I don't, I don't really care about Unreal Tournament. But I'm just saying, well, like, what I mean, like, if they distributed their free-to-play version of Unreal Tournament on Steam, maybe more people would have known about it. But they are adamant not to give Steam any money. Well, yeah, but like, what, look what, look what Epic just, Epic just did with Google. They just sideloaded on Android, so they don't got to pay Google thirty percent. Yeah, but right? they also they also took a, a payout from Samsung to make it exclusive to the Samsung Galaxy or whatever. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, Fallout seventy six. Now, the cynic in me was like thinking about this. I was like, hmm, hmm. a lot of people use refunds on Steam liberally because it's kind of built into the system. Even though Xbox has it as well, it's not widely known. Bethesda makes buggy games. And this is their first foray into an online game. Like, I was taking a look. Maybe they did this because if they launched it on Steam and it was buggy as all hell and didn't work, everybody would buy it, but then everybody would refund it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, well, they're having a buyer for that. Well, oh, yeah, because games that have betas never have problems at launch. Especially, well, I never, I didn't think Fallout 4 was so buggy. Fallout 4 is a, this is an online, dude, I'm telling you right now, Fallout 76 is going to have, I don't care how many betas they have, that thing is going to have launch issues up the wazoo, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. You, you, I mean, you'd laugh, but you know, you know deep Maybe. down, and you're like, yeah, that game, you probably at least got to wait a couple days before you could probably even play that game. It's going to be a big game. Fallout's a huge franchise. Uh, people want to play with their friends. I don't imagine that game launching launching on launch night. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's that's gonna work. I, I can just I can just picture it now. Um, but anyways, moving on from the end of Steam and PC gaming as we know it. Um, Cuphead. I don't know. Did you see a little news today about Cuphead? Yeah, three million copies sold. Three million copies sold, which um, would never have happened without Steam. Of course, I mean, ironically, fifty. I mean, if you think it's about fifty-fifty, so it's like one point five, one point five, maybe a little, maybe one point two million on Xbox, a little bit higher on the PC side, of course. So definitely, the PC version helped a lot. Uh, Three million sold is great. It's one of the best games of last year. Uh, DLC coming out coming out for it next year, I believe, right? Um, with a little character. I'm gonna be. Do you think they run? Do you think their next game is Cuphead too? You think they go back to that again? I think Cuphead has absolutely massive merchandising potential. And I think they realize that. It's kind of like, you know, some of those cutesy games. Like, did you notice Bending the Ink Machine was announced for Xbox recently? I did see that, yeah. Bending the Ink Machine, like, it's 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 relatively unknown in the console space, but it's got a similar art style to Cuphead as in it's like sort of a throwback to classic animation stuff. That has mass that had massive sort of uh merchandising appeal as well. And I think I think they'd be doing themselves a, a, a disservice to at least not make another Cuphead, just just because of like <laughs> they've 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 got that established now. They can make a lot of money doing merchandising on that stuff. Um, but at the same time, they're also artists and creators, so maybe they just think 
maybe they just don't care about that stuff so much and they've, they've they just want to make something new so i mean Beh- the behemoth for example they could have made castle crashes too instead of um risking it on a new franchise and but, they might be kicking themselves in the ass for not making grass crashers too because i don't know if the pit people did very well um are you surprised yeah, pretty good do you think Microsoft should buy them up? I know, because you put out a tweet the other day that was like, who do you think Microsoft should buy up that's super small? How many people responded with Studio MDHR? A lot of people. Well, I mean, they made a quality game. That's, that's another thing. They, they also, it's, it also becomes an issue of what is smart business here. And they probably realize that Cuphead, Cuphead has potential beyond the fact that it's a game. Like it has potential as a, as a cartoon character, you know. It, it's it, it's a brand now. It it goes beyond the game, so it's worth it. It's worth more than gamers might think, based on the fact that there it's just a game. Like for example, a huge huge chunk of Minecraft's business isn't even to do with the game. It's stuff like the Lego sets, these toys and plushies and T-shirts and stuff like that. That's like a huge that's like a huge market for for Minecraft. And that could be a huge market for Cuphead too. So I think they realize that, and they're probably like, if Microsoft approached them saying, eh, maybe we buy it, maybe then maybe they'll be thinking, you know what, maybe we do Cuphead two and three, and see how big the franchise gets. Maybe like I don't know, license it to Netflix or something crazy, make it like a dark kids TV show or something like that. They could do that stuff, man. There's there's potential for the brand there, well beyond gaming, and they're they're probably shrewd businessmen. They probably realize that. So. But yeah, I think Microsoft should buy them. <laughs> you think Microsoft should buy everybody? They don't have they don't have a limited money to do whatever they want. You know, if they got to make one big purchase. Microsoft, uh, you know, you see, sometimes you see Microsoft spend insane amounts of money, like they bought LinkedIn, like they bought GitHub and stuff like that. I honestly think Microsoft should pull out the credit credit cards and pick up Discord, man. Like. If they wanna, if they wanna have, if they ever wanna have any control over PC gaming on PC, they can't do it with the Xbox app now. That ship has sailed, and you know, Mixer's growing, but it's like it's gonna take a long time to catch up. And the whole point of Mixer is also like it's to have engagement so you can further the reach of your store. Like Mixer is directly integrated with the Xbox Store, which a lot of people don't realize. You know, um, it's directly no, no, no. the point of Mixer is is you watch and sign into your Microsoft account, which uh, goes to the monthly active users for the month. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. And think, I'm being I'm being dead serious true. about that. By the no, way, that's not true. Nah, that is 100 percent true. That is not true, man. Because I have to sign in. I have to use my Microsoft account to sign into my computer. Right, and that all goes to monthly active users. Trust me, Jez. The monthly active users of Windows is about five hundred million. I when you sign into your Microsoft account on Mixer and you interact with people on there, it goes to the monthly active users. Xbox Live. Uh huh. That's just dumb. Because it's, I mean, it's the same. I sign into my Randall account. Thor account. What do you mean? My Randall Thor account is my Randall Thor account on Xbox. You yeah, would no, think it's like, I, run, I mean, am I creating an Xbox engagement when I open the Xbox app to download a clip? Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's stupid. Well, I'm just saying, think about it there for a second, Jez. My, I'm Randall Thor 19 on Xbox. I sign in as Randall Thor 19 on Mixer. It's all tied in together. Uh, you know, you have people on the Nintendo Switch signing into people, you know, playing Minecraft on Xbox Live. That All that stuff counts, dude. You open up an Xbox app. 
to look at your stuff on the PC? I bet you that counts too, because you're signing into Xbox Live. I don't know if that counts. I'm telling you, dude, that counts. I'm telling you. I think that 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 doesn't mean that counting people playing Age of Empires Castle Siege on. Damn right they are. They're counting everybody that if anybody does anything, you open up for five seconds, you count. Do you, do you know that, or are you just assuming? I, 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 who knows? I would hope that isn't the case. But shout out to Eternal should die for the super chat. He says, with the amount of units sold, Microsoft should buy Studio MDHR and also Moon Studios because they have sold decent amounts of units to the gamers. Um, I'd be happy I wonder, with. I wonder if Xbox knew they were going to create this sort of ongoing discussion about who Microsoft should buy. Because like I saw the other day, some people said they should buy, um, is it Frictional Games? Uh, fractional? Frictional? I can't remember. Hang on, I'm just going to look. Damien Percival says, Rand, you are talking stupidness right now. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just as smart as I could possibly be. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so 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 someone mentioned in my thread that someone should buy fric- that that Xbox should buy frictional games, and that makes Soma and uh, the Amnesia series, the the horror games, and um, they replied with a sad face. <laughs> They're like, um, we don't want to be bought. We value our creative freedom and stuff like that. And it's it's kind of like we think about like all this all this stuff that we want, like like as uh, fans and stuff like we want Microsoft to buy this, buy that and buy that, blah, blah, blah. Like, like Microsoft is just sort of like this rich dude walking through like a giant candy shop of, of publishers and companies and stuff. But there are real people and uh, you know, there's decisions beyond money that go, go into this and stuff. So yeah. like, it depends. Like, I mean, everyone has a price at the end of the day. At some point in your life, you just sort of realize, you know, no matter how much you want to be like a rebel or like value create freedom and stuff like that, eventually you just think, you know what, I want to do what's best for my family and Microsoft are offering me a stupid amount of money. I'm going to take that because that's the best thing for for me and my family, you know, and everyone has a price eventually. That's right. but there are there are things beyond money that need to be considered, and some people put a very, a very high value on their on art, art and creative freedom. So, and so I just went off on one there. Let's um let's take some questions before we get out of here. And the question I have for you, Jez, is: Did you see the new PS4 Pro limited edition, five hundred million limited edition system? That they yeah, announced it looks, today. It looks really, really nice. It's like got translucent. I, well, you were hating on the Spider-Man one, and here you are yeah, loving it's this one. Got a dumb sticker on it. That's why. So that you like it because really they nice. put a lot of effort into it. Translucent blue. Translucent. Um, you know what? I'd like the Spider-Man more if it was just plain red. Like the gloss plastic looks really nice. It's just that big white dumb sticker, man. Right. So I, I actually really like the system. They're celebrating 500 million consoles sold. Actually, like 523 million. Uh, over, I think it's all the consoles that, you know, PlayStation one, PlayStation two, PlayStation three, PlayStation four. Um, it's going to be on sale. There's only 50,000 of them. So they're going to be in very high demand. Uh, and they go for 500 bucks. Cause it also comes with a two terabyte hard drive, a vertical stand. And I kind of wish it, um, I kind of wish it looked more like that retro PS one. They did a while ago. Do you remember that? Uh, yes, yes, I did. I wish it looked more like that. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to KS Gamer for the super chat. He says, Jez, I'm playing Moonlighter. It's good. 
Good pick, man. See, like, that's one that's one game I played this year and couldn't put down. I really love that game. I need to yeah. go back to it. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on the last dungeon. And mm-hmm. they, they, they've been updating. That's, I just, actually, that's one studio I'd like Microsoft to pick up. Is you know I'd play it if it you know changed those gamer score values. Same thing with No Man's Sky. Well, I wouldn't play No Man's Sky because I have no interest in it. But you make those gamer score values the way they are, Rand just not going to be interested. Well, the thing is, man, they cancel each other out. Like I, I had like an odd gamer score for for years, and No Man's Sky cancelled it out for me. Mm. Uh, that's a good thing, right? I don't know. <laughs> people, people are telling me. I'm wrong about something. What am I wrong about? Then we know hashtag Rand is always right. Rand is always right. I'm always right. Especially when I'm when I'm not wrong. Um, so if you guys have any questions, let us know and we will uh, you know, we will answer to the best of our ability. Um I actually I, I you know, five hundred dollars for a pro is a little bit too much, and I already have a pro, so I I don't really buy a lot of a lot of systems. Like I buy, I have one Xbox, one PlayStation, one Switch, and if I do buy another Xbox, I'll get rid of my other Xbox. I don't, I don't keep most of the time on your Switch. Two months ago, did you see the um the uh the new characters for Smash Brothers? Ultimate? I did. Uh, so they added Simon Belmont and who else? Uh, a bunch of characters I've never heard of. Yeah. Oh, and the, the the crocodile from Donkey Kong. Um, I still don't care about Smash Brothers. I I've never liked never Smash played Brothers. It as a kid? No, no, I played it. I don't think it's very good. What? So, I don't. I played that with You're against. Terrible, I, I played that against my brother, and I never and he wrecked for you, it. and now you hate it. No, I wrecked my brother every single time. I just don't I care. Need, I need I'm to just speak to him about this. No, I don't, I don't, I don't care. believe you. I think I think your brother wrecked you, and now you hate. <laughs> That's why you hate Nintendo, because your brother used to wreck you all the games. Shut up, Jez. You're not supposed to know this. Anyways. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a Switch, I've decided. So, Face wants to know, is Sony announcing the 500 million limited edition Pro Console a jab at Microsoft and the vision of reaching 1 billion players? No. Not at all. Why, why, that'd, that'd be a really expensive, complicated way to jab Microsoft. And it's not—it's not like they just—they could just like overnight design, manufacture, distribute the console and market it, just so they could be like, hey, "We got those Xbox." Yeah, Microsoft is looking to. I mean, Microsoft is looking to get two billion gamers. We're going to do a half a billion. No, they, no, there's not nothing to do with with that. They just. Celebrating a, an insane milestone, half a billion consoles sold, it has nothing to do with what Microsoft is doing. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the metrics. I mean, look how many PCs Microsoft sold over the years. You know? Yeah, Fuzzy so Belvedere wants to know, Jazz, where is the PS4 Pro Slim? I don't know. I I secretly hope that they do that, just because I, you know, I really wish the PS4 Pro wasn't so bulky, but I don't know. I think maybe Sony's going all out for next gen now. What do you think? I would have hoped that they did announce or make a PS4 Pro Slim, but maybe it's just not on their agenda now. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think the time for a PS4 Slim would have been this year. I mean, that one came out in 2016, so you're two years later. It would have been probably a good time. 
Uh, next year, probably getting a little bit too close to the launch of the PS5. So I don't, I doubt there's going to be a slim. Maybe don't, they, maybe they will because I eventually maybe like the, the pro replaces the base PS4 at some point when it's cheap enough. And maybe they do do a design, redesign for it in the future, but I don't, maybe not right now. I don't know. Maybe it's still too expensive. Who knows? But, uh, while we're on the topic, while we're on the topic of that, do you remember how many like iterations of the PS2 there was, and how small it eventually got? Yeah, there was like at least three, right? Yeah, like I think there were, was there more than three PS2. I mean, I just remember three. I remember eventually that thing was thin. That thing was super small. It was flat, like a yeah. In this case, um, yeah, it got really thin. I can't find any pictures of it right now. So Shady wants to know, are you hyped for tomorrow's Doom Eternal gl- gameplay reveal? Hell yeah! Yes. Doom, baby! And I don't know if Doom. you guys saw or not, Doom, was uh, Doom will be heading to Xbox Game Pass on the 10th. That already yes. came out, which is, that's a great addition to Game Pass. Uh, Doom is a great game. But yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, Doom Eternal is all about and when, more importantly, is it coming out? When can I get my hands on the Doom Slayer. A lot of people chapter. are speculating on the the name of the game. I think it might be new. Actually, you said this to me that Eternal might mean it's got some kind of you know online aspects or something like Eternal. Yeah. As in well, search, when you, when you say Doom Eternal, it does sound like something you could play forever, just like Halo Infinite does, right? Yeah. Doom Eternal, Halo Infinite. It sounds like a game that could uh, last for a long time. The original Doom had like that um, that modding level building platform built into it, which I I don't really know how well it did, but it was really well done and it was quite cool. Like it had a, a map editor and stuff like that, which is kind of a throwback to the the modding community on Doom Two and stuff like that. Like there's a huge there's a huge community of like still to this day modding Doom. Um, so. I think there'd probably be something in that vein, like put it in the hand of creators, let them make crazy levels and stuff like that. Maybe they'll take it to the next level. Maybe. Let, I don't know. But yeah. Eternal Shaddai wants to know, what are our thoughts on Sumo Digital saying Crackdown 3 is a finished product? Do you see it as a game success from what they're claiming? We talked about this a bit last week. Like I've I've heard when it comes to Crackdown that you know they're still working on it, polishing, adding new stuff to it as recently as like a month or two ago um as such i think like there is there is definitely a huge playable game there now but they've got months to add more stuff to it to make it you know that little bit extra better maybe they'll add new weapons to it and because some of the weapons that were in it like a few years ago were really awesome like the black hole gun which I, i've gone about all the time like it shot this black hole gun, it sucked up a car, blew it away, which crashed into a train, which sent beach balls flying all over the place. It was just ridiculous and awesome. So I would hope that they use this these few months productively and that it isn't just truly, truly, truly finished and that it's, they are using the time productively and not just sitting on their hands. I would hope that. But they are working on other projects too, right, Sumo? They're working on yeah. Dead Island. Uh, they're working on Dead Island too. They're also working on Team Sonic Racing. Uh, so there's other games. I don't know whether the game's success or not. We'll find out in February. Uh, I'm just not very hopeful at this point. I think it's. I I don't think it's going to do very well. I don't think the game's going to be any good. But maybe all the extra delays really helped out. I mean, well, I guess we'll find out in February, right? Uh, I mean, I want the game to be good. Uh, I just I don't know. There's been too much surrounding the development of this game 
And I think it was just a troubled project from the start uh, that they had like bigger, bigger aspirations for, and it just never came together. You know what I mean? Um, I know you mean, man. Let's see. Let's go I'm on. Sure Kotaku will do a big expose on how Microsoft screwed them over, and probably, know. probably. Uh, the indie gamer wants to know what's our juiciest prediction for Gamescom. Juiciest cool. prediction for Gamecom. Microsoft buys Nintendo. Microsoft buys Steam, Discord, Nintendo, and Apple for a trillion dollars. I don't really see there being any big like thing happening at Gamescom. I mean, it, I mean, the Obsidian thing could happen, I guess, which would be a big thing. But people already know about it. I, honestly, like I expect Gamescom to be on the level of last year. So I honestly am expecting nothing. Yeah, I haven't got big expectations either, but like I was proven wrong at E3. I didn't have big expectations for that either. Microsoft might be looking to capitalize on the momentum they built up at E3, which, you know, is one of their best E3s in a long time. So if I was Microsoft, I would try and keep the momentum going, maybe announce an acquisition or something. But they're not having a press conference, as far as I'm aware. Maybe I just wasn't invited. But, um, but they are doing that um, inside Xbox thing, so maybe they could announce some stuff there. I think if there was like going to be huge things, maybe they'll have a press conference. But at the same time, maybe press don't are useless now and don't matter around. Yeah, JD, JD Gamer wants to know, Jazz, what three AA companies do you think Microsoft should buy, and what companies do you think they can buy to help them in Japan? Oh, that's a good question, Japan. I've seen I've seen repeated calls from Microsoft to just abandon Japan. Uh, I've seen that as well. I mean, they don't really sell many consoles there, so. But I mean, they do want the games, the Japanese games, to come to the console, so you do need some presence there. I think honestly, if they want to crack Japan, they need to spend more. They need to spend more than just double A. They need to pick up a big name. Like, you know, people often said Capcom and stuff like that, but I don't think buying Capcom is vaguely realistic, but I think that's the kind of ballpark they need to look into. If they if they are serious about Japan, they need to really pick up some big-name, beloved franchises. And um, maybe there was an opportunity... Maybe there was a window where Microsoft could have dropped the cash to pick up Capcom, but they've sort of really recovered in recent years, and I don't think that's vaguely possible anymore. Um, as for... But yeah, I, I don't think I don't think any double A Japanese studio or or brand is going to help them in Japan. They need to if they want to crack Japan, they probably have to go, you know, bigger. But as for Western developers, I mean, you have to look at what the gaps are, like what we were talking about earlier, RPGs, you know, that sort of thing, single player narrative driven epic cinematic games like that. Stuff like Gears, you know, more games like Gears that is, you know, cutting-edge graphics and cutting-edge cinematics, Hollywood level. Um, I personally think Remedy can be that studio. Uh, clearly, Microsoft doesn't agree for whatever reason, but I'm still salty that we're never going to get Alan Wake 2 or Quantum Break 2, apparently. Um, I'd also like them to see them pick up maybe s- some more PC-oriented oriented studios like... Um, I, I've said this on Twitter, Paradox Interactive, because Paradox are sort of like the kings of service-driven strategy games. 
like their service driven games are legendary and they're constantly updated with new stuff and i think that really fits microsoft's thinking there and um, i don't know what do you think round what i think of the third i think microsoft i i think japan is the lost cause I, I don't think there is a studio unless you really are like trying like unless you really want to win which they tried to in the 360 era they built games specifically for that region Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon they did deals to get like Last Team Remnant Blade. and Infinite Undiscovery and stuff like that and it didn't work um, so the only way to do it would be like buy all the Japanese studios and only have them on your console like that's like realistically the only way to do it but it's not realistic because it's not going to work. So there isn't really, I don't think there is a Japanese studio that they could get that would do anything for them in Japan. So you need to kind of focus everywhere else. You need to, you need to kind of stop the whole Microsoft has no games meme by building up first party and essentially just build up your, your first party studios and have them create great games so that people want to play that in North America and Europe and elsewhere that's not like Asia because they're never going to crack it in they're never going to crack Japan you know what I mean so uh, that's kind of what I think 4A games games is the third studio I'd say they should pick up yeah Um, the devs of Metro they are just kings of atmosphere and such good shooter games We'll end on this question. What's what says there's rumors Microsoft will be doing an Xbox conference like Sony does at the end of this year. Do you think this is credible, feasible for Xbox? I haven't so, heard anything along that line. So something along the lines of a like a Xbox experience like PlayStation does. Um I don't think something like that's gonna happen. I don't uh, think so either. I don't I think, think a lot, they- a lot, those rumors those rumors come from like hardcore Xbox fans who I don't know, feel threatened by the PlayStation experience experience. (laughs) (laughs) I I see this every year when Sony does a PlayStation experience, Xbox fans, some Xbox fans often get really salty. And I think like that's where those rumors come from. I don't think Microsoft feels the need to do that. And if, I mean, that's what inside Xbox is, you know, Um, why why would they have, why would they have another show on top of inside Xbox to, to announce those things? The thing is, is they don't have enough content to do the shows. Like they, they have all this E3 stuff, which was great. But we're expecting really nothing from Gamescom because there's really nothing else. And you're going to tell me they're going to do something else later on at the year from Xbox? I mean, what are they going to show? I mean, maybe potentially you could do something like next gen when you have more content to actually showcase. But no, nah, man, I don't. I don't see. I don't. I don't see that happening just because they they wouldn't. Ha- I mean, look at la- PlayStation Experience this this last year was shit on by PlayStation fans alike because they didn't do anything. They didn't show anything new. It was just a retread of all all the other stuff because Sony is at a position where like everybody knows about all their current gen games and they're not ready to talk about next gen yet. So they're kind of just spinning the wheels and yeah, you have the fans there for a cool event and behind the scenes stuff, but the conference itself was just snooze worthy. And that's exactly what would happen to, an Xbox thing, but like Jess says, I mean, that's what inside Xbox would be. It'd be like an hour and a half long of whatever. Um, not, now with that said, like I, it would be cool to have like, Hey, we're putting on an Xbox experience, but with no press conference. And it's just for the fans 
and it's like a week weekend long event over here. I mean, that could be cool to go to, but I don't really expect some sort of press conference. Um, and I don't. I mean, do you think Sony has? Uh, you think Sony's press conference at the end of the year for the PlayStation experience? Do you think it's going to be just like last year's, where it's kind of really nothing? Uh, because there's really nothing to show or, or or do you think it'll be like years previous when they actually had stuff i have no idea i mean this is this is the problem that some of the studios and publishers paint you know put themselves in with these these events like to be fair i don't think ea needed to have its own conference at e3 this year they just did it for the sake of it because that's the expected thing i think ea would have been far it would have been far smarter for ea to like instead of have another really weak press conference, which you know at a time where people really sort of like EA, you know, give the give people more ammunition to attack them. Why would they do that? I think it would have been smarter for EA to like sell their presentations to Xbox and and PlayStation instead to have it on their stage. But um, I digress. Uh, I don't think you've got to have content for these shows, you know, and uh, we're like Rand and said, and like what we've said is we're, we're a long way away from Microsoft's new lineup of first party devs having anything to show. So I think you know, they've got to have the content. Otherwise, what's the point? I think inside Xbox serves that purpose pretty well. Yeah, pretty much. And people already don't like that show as it is. So anyways, <laughs> uh, that's going to be the show for today. Uh, make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, I, I didn't even tell anybody I liked the show today. We had like 350 right people. I hit the start, but usually I do it in the middle. We had 350 people, but only 122 likes. It's like, yo, just hit that like button for me, please. Um, follow Jez. His link is in the description to the video. Uh, you can follow, follow him on Twitter. Don't, don't follow me. I'm, what do you I'm, you have you work on? You working on any leaks uh, or anything? Like on it's always it's always quiet in the summer. That but, is um, true. There's a uh, you know there's there's interesting stuff for me on the operating system side, but like as pertains to stuff most normal people are interested in, probably not. Um, I'm getting a I'm getting a Surface Go at the end of the month. I've decided, and I'm going to test Ooh. it as a gaming tablet because I've seen some videos, man. It runs. The Surface Go, for those who don't know, is a 10-inch uh, Intel Pentium Gold tablet running Windows. And then it runs Skyrim pretty well, like the Switch. So it's literally a controller dock away from being an Xbox Switch. So I'm going to be mm. testing that soon. Yeah, so thanks, everybody, for watching uh, live with us here on YouTube. We always appreciate the support and the live... Uh, the live crowd that comes in and leaves us some great comments in the chat. If you have anything you want to say in the comments when this video goes live, make sure you put them down there. And thank you guys if you're watching later on Google or iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you are listening right now on YouTube, you can always check out the links to those. If you want to like take the podcast on the go, there's always in the description of the video as well. And as usual, I think the podcast goes up on those services about two days after we do the live show. So it might go up earlier this week because Ooh. I am going to be away all weekend from my computer. So, so it'll it'll be up for everybody to listen to on the weekend. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of the day as well as a great weekend. And we will be back hopefully on Thursday next week with some more exciting topics and banter for you guys. Uh, thanks for watching. And we'll see you in the next show. Okay, guys. Later.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.